G'day, brutal, savage, and cruel Oryx. It is AOS Coach here. Nailed that one. And we are here talking about all things Orcs. It's not the Lord of the Rings stream. I know it's just hit Amazon. I haven't watched it. Don't spoil it on me just yet. But we are talking about the soup that is the green soup, the big wah. Uh, I'm super excited to join um, Aaron Newbomb. Not newborn. As yes. I told you I wouldn't butcher it. <laughs> And I'm actually really excited to talk about this because one, there is a guy in my local scene that gives me nightmares. You know who you are, <laughs> Austin. Austin. Uh, but more importantly, as well, this was something that we were going to stream um, literally before the general's handbook. I actually had a, another guest, and the general's handbook got announced, and we kind of put the uh, the, the big wah on pause because obviously it didn't make sense at the time yeah everything but changed, i'm really right? excited to talk to you because you know because you have gone five and oh at um old town throwdown you got the championship belt behind you you earned that one as opposed belt. to i bought mine <laughs> yeah you can so, tell us about all things orcs uh yes first of all wow saw dudes i uh, gotta say that um <laughs> secondly uh I think I know what you're talking about. You're going to interview. It's probably Tubbs. It was either me or you, dude. One of us was going to get that 5-0. So I happened to get it first. But I just want to shout him out real quick. Um, he's awesome. I, I had I had a heartbreaking conversation with Tubbs. I'm like, Tubbs, <laughs> I'm going to rebook this stream, but I'll, I, I want to get a different guest. Are you cool with that? And I'm like, he went 5-0. and You went 3-2 last time. It's a bit hard to justify. He's like, nah, man, I'm cool with that. Like, yeah. but, but, but you went 5-0, and oh, you went, um, which is incredible considering. And I think it's funny because, like, you know, when you look at the, the Orc book, you've got defined bone splitters. You've got defined uh, iron jaws. You've got all of these cruel boys. But you've got this weird soup. It's like add all of the Orcs together yeah. and make something that it's works. a whole, like, complicated amalgam. It's a soup, like you said. And um it can be intimidating to enter when you have that many options. It can be like, what do I do? That can do a hundred things. So you get stuck sometimes, but uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those sorts of armies for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess you better just like jump into it more or less. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah let, let's, let's jump into yeah. it. It's actually funny because when I was looking at, when I got the preview of the new orc book and when I say new, it's like 12 months ago. When I got it, I was rather underwhelmed. Like I remember, I remember looking at Big War and feeling underwhelmed because the old Big War felt was, so much better. It the felt old Big so much was better. Busted. It was so crazy strong. Like it took no effort to get to max War points, and then you were just like rolling all over everybody. This one, I think, is actually very, very well balanced. Um, it, it looked underwhelming by comparison, but when you play it, it's like this feels like pretty much perfectly balanced in my opinion. But it does take a little bit more work and more knowledge to really get the most out of it, I think. Um, but I do like the system and the way it's balanced now. Uh, but I also felt the same way at first. I started looking into it more. When I looked at it, yeah, I'm just like, it's not as good next. But <clears throat> take a step back. Take a step back. If I'm an orc player, or maybe I, I'm, I'm, I want to be an orc player. And maybe I haven't necessarily looked at Big War. What is the Big War, and how does it differ between the Iron Jaws, the Bone Splitters, and the Cruel Boys? All right. So the first thing is that even though you're going to be playing Iron Jaw units, you're not Iron Jaws. And even though you're going to be playing Cruel Boys, you're not Cruel Boys. And you're not Bone Splitters either. You get a, a few rules from each of them, and you're picking and choosing that really Big War has a totally different gameplay style. Um, if you're the sort of person who likes orcs and likes everything about orcs, but but is not necessarily doesn't into like the super all in 
or the glass cannon, you you kind of want to be playing like a more strategic game, step by step, more controlling, uh, more decision points. It's that sort of army for destruction, which was kind of lacking a bit before. Um, so that's like the core appeal is like smart orcs, even though all the orcs take, you know, you got to be good to play any army, but it kind of feels like a smart army when you're playing it. Um, so if that appeals to you, then Big Wa is going to be a lot of fun for you. <clears throat> uh, on top of that, I think if you're the sort of person who really likes to, um, you see like a metagame and you want to, you don't want to be in the metagame, you want to shoot the metagame, you want to like snipe it out, um, Big Wa can do that with any meta. You can find a way to beat that. Um, so that's another thing. If that's fun for you, then you, you'd like Big Wa. I think, um, like, when I think about the big war and, like, what is the big war versus I'm an Iron Jaws player and I'm considering, maybe I'm getting bored with Iron Jaws, you know, there's a certain amount of models or maybe there's a time where I want to integrate some of the cruel boys that I got from the Dominion box or, you know, like, I just want a bit of variety or maybe I'm finding that my particular build isn't quite as good as I need it to be competitively in the meta. I don't have the choices to, I need some shooting. I need a monster. I need something that maybe my side of the faction doesn't have. The crew boys allows me to bring in some models that I, I normally couldn't bring in, but still keep the core of my army. If I still want to run yeah. mostly iron jaws, I could still run pigs and gore grunters and um, I can run everything that I want and bring in some bone splitter pigs, or I can yeah. bring in some art boys or some shooters, or I can bring in some grots. Yeah, exactly. You, you can, whatever you feel like your army needs, or you as a player need, like if you have a certain play style and you, you really are feeling like you can't quite play that way with the army, you can play Big Wad, just put the pieces in to make that work. Also, if you're a hobbyist, you just like certain models, it's pretty cool to be able to take all your favorite stuff and put it together. Um, so there's another <laughs> definite plus point for Big Wad. Um, cool. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting because I guess for people who haven't looked at it, it might be a bit weird, and it's like, oh, how do I make this all work? And it it does feel a little bit like analysis paralysis. By the way, Aki, thank you so much for the uh, the stream donation, much appreciated. With yeah, the big the big wow, like it's it's a soup. It reminds me a lot of Cities of Sigma being a Cities player, is that I can bring in the best of Dewad and bring in the best of the humans, bring in the elves, and I can have little power pairs and trios. And if I need some mortal wound shooting, I've got the Bolt Boys. If monsters are running Riot, I've got some monster stuff. I need some really good spell casting. I've got a Vulture. I've got um, a more Crusher if I need to do big monster yeah. damage. Like there's just, I've got all these tools and I could just pick the best of what I need. Yeah. Hopefully by the end of this video, um, if you're suffering from decision paralysis, uh, hopefully I can clear some of the points out for you and get you a good starting place to come, to come from and the sort of things that you should be starting with and then from there making decisions. It makes it a little easier when you have a core to work with um, and work out from there. So I'm hoping to bring a lot of that information to the audience and because um, it, it can be, you know, intimidating, but it's also super exciting. So, um, yeah. It's, uh, it's me right now with Stormcast pulling my hair out because, like, I build a list and then I go chase the little rabbit and then go find, like, oh, this is a little good thing. And then I find a combination that goes with that. And then my list changes. And then, like, five minutes later, I'm buying a whole basically new Stormcast army because <laughs> I started with dragons. Now I've got Annihilators. Now I need a Lord Imperitant. Now I've got this. Now I've got a Relicted to teleport them. And I look in the rearview mirror and my dragons are now sitting on the shelf with dust. <laughs> And they were like, what you, yeah, I mean, you have like 80 war scrolls and there's so, so many of them are like, cool. And 
Um, and most of them are powerful. Most of them. There's like a couple maybe that aren't, but most of them are like you can definitely win games with them. So uh, I can, yeah, same thing with me. I'm just always changing my list constantly, just going down the rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole, um, and just testing weird stuff until the big tournaments. Which, which for Big War is exciting, right? Because as yeah. the meta shifts and as new armies are, are coming about, right? We've got, we know Lumineth. At the time of recording, Lumineth and Zench are coming in the near future. We know Gargants and we know um, Ogres are coming as well. So as yeah. the meta shifts and if it becomes more magical dominance, then you can bring in, let's say, a Vulture, where like if I play spread. purely... Yeah, like, but if I play purely Iron Jaws my magical defense is not that good it's pretty poor yeah and whereas big white it has the plus one to cast and dispel once you have 12 wall points so which we'll get into later but um like you can definitely like magic meta well i can definitely deal with that um armor meta you can deal with that you know wh uh, whatever comes out that the stone horns start st stampeding over everybody when ogres come out like you can get some super cheap throwaway screens or you can get uh, ways to just destroy monsters with the beast skewers and stuff like that so <laughs> Aki throw money at me like I'm on a strip club, big booty lumineth, like a bit of a shake. Make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> so oh so like to bring it back, like otherwise we're gonna go into a stormcast chat. What's the strengths? Give me the high level strengths. If I was at my <clears> game <throat> store thinking about picking up uh big war for the first time, what's the strengths of the army? Okay, the the strengths of the army, um, like the the big when terms of like winning games, like what makes the army strong is basically the longer the game goes, the stronger you get um, until it becomes very overwhelming for your opponent. Um, and like units that previously weren't that scary, like Art Boys, for example, um, you can get them to the point where they one shot a Gargant. Uh, 15 Art Boys will one shot a Gargant in Big Law. Um, it's crazy how much you can do with it um, if they if you buy that time. So like that one definitely one of the big strengths is that steady ramp up. And then like I was saying, there's the toolbox. Um, if you can predict what's going to happen well enough, you can always, always have a tool to answer the problem. Um, so like Iron Jaws, really it's go in either a little bit later or a little bit earlier, piecemeal or all together, but like really you just go in. Um, with Big Wah, whatever the correct play is uh, for the situation, you can make it. You might not see it, but you can make that play. Um, and that's a huge difference for something like Iron Jaws or Cruel Boys or Bone Splitters. Because Cruel Boys, you know, you're going to be fragile no matter what. You can't you can't choose to be tanky this game. Um, so that's like probably the biggest strength of Big Wah. Um, the other thing that's really, really great about Big Wah is consistency. Um, and I think that's, that's going to define some of the lists you'll see at the end is because you can rely on things much more so than other factions. The plus one to charge... Hard boys, another plus one to charge. It's plus two to charge. Teleport charge has become a lot more possible with plus two. Um, casting bonuses, um, running bonuses, adding to hit and to wound. Um, so you're just consistently doing what you need to do, which makes scoring battle tactics much easier, grand strategies much easier. Um, so because you're more reliable, stronger late game, and more flexible. Um, so those are like probably the three things that really appeal about big, like, in terms of winning games and competitive gameplay uh, for Big Wah. And what's cool as well is that you can still, you know, if you're an Iron Jaws player, for example, and you love your Mighty Destroyers, that's, like, that's one of your favorite abilities in your faction, you can still get that. Big yes, Wah brings in 
my, and we'll go, we'll go into the rules and I'll get Aaron's um, perspective and thoughts around the rules. But, you know, it's not like when you go from Iron Jaws to Big Wah, you leave everything behind. You know, Iron Jaws players still get um, the Mighty Destroyers. Um, Cruel Boys players still get those Venom Encrusted weapons. Um, be, uh, Bone Splitter players still get the the War Paint. So you get a little, you get a little, you get a little bit of everything and more. So yeah. uh, it, it's my kind of army. I think. I think for me, as much as I like the idea of Iron Jaws, like I, I love this offensive kind of style of army, and I could have a more Crusher. I could have Piggies, but I could also get some cheap Chaff Piggies from the bone splitters from the bone splitters I could, you can send them in I and like and since you are a cities player right so like big Wa is really the closest equivalent to cities in destruction um and really almost any of the factions it's like cities and big Wa are actually very similar in that way so if you like that sort of stuff which you clearly do yeah i think you would i think you specifically would actually love to play big Wa. problem <laughs> is i'm already got, as bulldog hammers like i've won i'm a i'm a destro bro but I've already got Gits and I've already got um, Mega Gargan. So I'm like, oh, do I need something in the middle? It's a big trap. Um, and I love Iron Jaws. Look, and I was watching, uh, I think I was watching actually Caleb's brother on the Nova stream literally a couple of hours ago. I think he was doing Iron Jaws. It's just, it's such a great faction. Uh, but I could support it with uh, with Bolt Boys. I could be doing Mortal Wounds from, from mm -hmm. afar. Yeah, exactly. What, what, what about the weaknesses? Like, what, what are they not good at? Okay, so the weaknesses, um, and I was kind of hinting at this earlier, you're not Iron Jaws. Um, you are not a tempo army. You can't decide when to go in. Um, you can't just like, I'm going now. It's like, oh, it's probably not a good idea because you don't have your stuff stacked up. You're not set up properly. You're just weaker. You're like, if you're playing super aggressive Iron Jaws as Big Watt, you're just playing a worse Iron Jaws. So it's like a weakness, right? If you play just Cruel Boys, um, you're not as good at doing Cruel Boys as Cruel Boys are. Um, you're you're losing some of the rules or sneaky tricks. Um, you're losing like Covered in Mud, for example. Like that's a really powerful ability. You don't have access to that. Um, and there is also a little bit of attacks in all your lists in order to get the maximum walk points per turn. You have to bring certain units. Um, and there's really like two models that you just cannot not have. So that's a little bit of a downside. Um, but there's really not. Oh, and then also it's um, a little bit of mental tax. I will say, and that's a real thing. Like it's a, because you're keeping track of numbers and you're stacking all these points and you're triggering all the time throughout different, the turns. And um, if you're not practiced, um, it can get very overwhelming and distracting. You'll like lose track of what you're doing and miss out on things. Um, it's a lot of micro and micro is fun, but when you're on like day two, round, two, round five, and your brain is just gone, that's, a very real downside to an army yeah so yeah, it, it, it's de it's definitely more of a thinking person style of type of army which plays to the strengths as you said you know you're able to respond to the meta there's a lot of great things you could do with the faction but they're not as simple as a and clear cut as what maybe a, a traditional again iron jaws bone splitters might appear to be yeah definitely um i i liken them if, if people who played magic and stuff like that it's like playing gender absent it's mental text little edges little edges little edges little edges um so definitely not for everyone um, and i think i saw you had written an article on the honest wargamer one of the things you had mentioned is that it feels very much like legion of the first prince you're obviously not controlling your army like bellacore but it's very much you are controlling the game based on movement and based on the tempo as you are getting those war points and we'll go to the we'll go to the rules very soon and i can kind of add all this kind of context yeah, into the discussion I would, but it's it's very much that blue control, but in a very different definitely. way. Definitely, it's it it's like 
for sure it's control and it's like um people don't expect it to be a control army but it absolutely is um it just controls it in a different way like you said it's not just like one ability turning something off directly it's more like you can create you can control so much space and punish people so hard for for doing things um that you don't want them to do um and you can zone people out and like you just have all these tools to just like say no basically or to make things just absolutely not worth doing to you um and when we go into the list i'll talk more in detail about how that control works but yeah I dig it. What's your what's your favorite units? Uh, and obviously, we are going to show off two of your lists uh, later on. But if if you were if I was going to pick it up, what what are some of the units that you would recommend that I get? Um, if you're going to pick it up, for sure, you need Bolt Boys. Um, they are like essential. Or or um, if your list is built this way, the the big the ballista, the beast skewer. But you need one of those two units. Um, without them, you're going to be losing a lot strategically. And you're going to be losing out a lot of the options that Big Wog gives you. So for sure, you need um, some of those Cruel Boys units. Um, you need to have a War Chanta, and you need to have the Zap Daddy, as I call him, um, the War God Prophet. Um, you have those are like for sure. But when it comes to like my personal favorite, I love the Volcha Boss. Um, the Killer Boss on Volcha is so good in Big Wog, and he doesn't look that good on paper until you play it. And then when you play in Big Wall, you're like, oh my God, this unit is so good every single game. Um, because he's becomes much more consistent and like you're under a lot less pressure than you are in Cruel Boys to like kill things necessarily as quickly. So he doesn't have to do that much damage. He just cleans things up. He's all over the table and he solves a lot of problems for you. And he's been the MVP like 90% of my games. So uh, look into a Vulture boss for sure. I, I like it. Actually, one of my, uh, I mentioned uh, Austin, someone who I played in my local community. Uh, I play Austin all the time. It turns out like, like the last five RTTs, I played Austin in the every <laughs> single one. And uh, yesterday he, uh, if you're listening to this, you're a jerk because his Wargog prophet, he kept winning priority and um, he killed two dragons, healed 10 of 12 wounds off my chariot, three annihilators, maybe my prime maybe my prime like he just went he just went oh like yeah super super saiyan and he'd roll like nothing but spikes and um <laughs> he'd roll that one occasionally but with the with the war paint the four oh, up ward, yeah like four just ward. shrug it off and then he heal i'm just like i hate the you. thing is the four up ward mathematically triples the damage output of the war god prophet it's crazy um but yeah at, at, at old time throwdown i was fighting frank deloach awesome game great player my war god prophet killed his vampire lord on zombie dragon killed four blood knights killed manfred killed two black knights and also killed a bunch of graveguard and never died the whole game and he, it was just like oh my god but then the other thing is that my first 13 competitive games with big wall i never did more than six damage with him before he died so it's like <laughs> you get what you get with the dice with him and what I love about the Wargog Prophet is that he's such an awesome trade piece. It's yeah. 150 points. If you get in within 12 inches and do your stare, you can obliterate your opponent. People think Purple Sun's bad. Get into range of a, of, of a Wargog Prophet with war yeah. paint, and you're not going to have a good time. Yeah. But if it and dies, if it dies, it's 150 points. It's like, whatever, man. Like, they can't afford to risk it, um, which is a. a an ongoing theme that will go with, with my list is you just can't afford to take the chance. And what he, one of the things that's really crazy and specific to Big Wah is like 
you want to get in range of the bolt boys to kill them. But to do that, you got to be within 12 inches of the war gogs. So you're like, oh, like this is lose lose. Like, and that's that's the sort of control that Big Watt has. Where you're like, there's just no good options to you. Um, it's literally what Austin does to me all the time. He's got <laughs> the war gog prophet next to his six bolt boys, six to the shaman. And there's usually screening with like either um, Iron Jaws pickies, Bone Splitter pickies. It's, you know, very good board yeah. control. But it's like damned if I do, damned if I don't. And if I don't yeah. have the good long range shooting, then um, I'm getting an Unleash Hell. I'm going to just get zapped off if I lose priority. And there's just can't afford so to stay back either because the WAP points keep stacking up and eventually he'll come and get you. So it's like, oh man, what do I do? <laughs> damned if you do damned if you don't um bulldog hammer asking how many bolt boys would you recommend um in the in the current meta i would recommend two units of six um that's currently right now uh, it really depends on what's going on in the meta but i think there's a lot of these um hard-hitting bounty hunter units um and bolt boys are great against those like you know things like blood knights you're like okay that's kind of annoying and you're like well not if i have 12 bolt boys it's not um but in like the previous ghb i was running up to three B skewers and no bull boys. Um, because it just like it's it's what you need, but 12 right now, I would say. By the way, in the chat, um, Gareth talking about at Nova, which is literally happening right now. Um, a corn player had both Scarbrand and the Boom Thurster killed by 150 150 <laughs> Wargo Prophet. But then Bulldog Hammer saying again, a Kragnos as well. It's, it's a 700 point model. So yeah. again, the trade piece, 150 points. And, it, and and once you've been scarred by the Wargog Prophet once, you you, you never you want get to happen again. Like yeah, it's like but that, that allows you to then kind of like right. Well, people don't want to get in range. Then it's almost like that bubble where people just avoid you. But hey, this is not the Wargog Prophet show. But I guess this is <laughs> just a little one bit the Wargog Prophet many. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one piece of many, many, and and we'll get into like some of those. I think when we get to the list, like those really spicy, fun things that become much more interesting in Big Law. Uh, with the context of the list uh, when we get to that i think well let me ask you two quick questions and then we'll get yeah. to the rules um i know on twitter you got asked a, a question leading up to this that i want to kind of acknowledge which was around shooting we've already talked about bolt boys we talked about the war god prophet how important i think by the way um people are saying it could be the war god prophet show i think uh, <laughs> i have to just when if you believe hard enough i mean that's how you get the wall points you got to get that green vibe going <laughs> but how important is shooting right because that seems very unorky right unorky is run forward smash and bash i think if you're not running shooting you shouldn't be playing big law i think it's that important um because you need to stay back for a while you can't go all in um and you can't be all melee and if you're not doing something during that time um you're just wasting turns and you're not going to win um, if you're not controlling board space with them, um, you're not going to win. And they don't even have to necessarily kill that much, but you need to at least have that threat. You could run a, a light shooting, but you have to have at least some. Otherwise, you should not be playing big wall. Um, it's critical um, to how the army functions when you play it on the tabletop. It, it becomes very obvious when you play it on the tabletop um, how important it is. Yeah, if, you, if you're not going to do shooting, I probably tend to agree. Um, you're probably just better off going bone splitters or going um, iron okay. jaws. And if you want to go jaws. all in shooting, then you're probably better off going in big yellows on the cruel boys. Yeah, and just like, I'm, I'm playing them next week because of, of but anyway, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, I'm gonna bring up the rules. I want I want to talk right. rules with you and get in, and get into your head, right? And Aaron is just one of many people. Just because he doesn't like one thing doesn't mean you know we all should just drop it from our tournament lists. But what I want to hear from you is just more about how important are these things when it comes to your list construction, the way you play the game, and what's your general thoughts? So first things first, I did mention that as an Orc player, as a Big Wa specifically, you get to use all three of these abilities that happen in other factions, right? So Mighty Destroyers is a Iron Jaws rule, Venom Encrusted Weapons is a Cruel Boys rule, and then the War Paint is um, a Bone Splitters rule. So you get to enjoy all three of them. Yeah. Do you like them? Do you build around them? Which ones do you build around more than others? Tell me how you look at Cunnel, Brutal, and Savage. So Venom Encrusted Weapons is definitely the most important rule from Cruel Boys. You're really getting the best thing of Cruel Boys. Um, in many cases, not all cases, I would argue that Big Wall uses Cruel Boys better than Cruel Boys does. Um, but there are exceptions to that. You can do a really nice list, and if you really know how to play Cruel Boys, you can do. But like you do get the biggest benefit of them, plus other options. Um war paint not that impactful honestly um it's not really what's important about bone splitters the pre-game moves and stuff like that are what's like makes bone splitters uh, much more uh what how it defines them as an army identity wise so you're not really getting the core identity of bone splitters when you play them in big wall which is why i tend to avoid them even though some of their units are actually quite good in big wall uh my destroyers is just a crazy powerful rule it's one of the strongest rules in the whole game. Um, I do remember, by the way, Bullock Hammer, I do remember playing. I was going to mention that I played terribly and he destroyed me at LVO. I, he played excellently also. Like, but that was my first tournament. Anyway, um, yeah, my stories is like critically important, I think, um, to how Iron Jaws function. But just as important as Mighty Destroyers is, it's also important to remember that you do not have Smash and Bastion. And that defines a lot of how you build lists because not having smash and bastion means you really don't want to go in with more than one unit at a time because then you're going to get smacked back before you get a chance to swing. And orcs are tough, but they're not like stormcast tough. They're not like, um, you know, blood knight tough. Like they're, they're durable, but they do go down and you're going to lose a lot of damage if you go in multiple units. So when you design lists, you have to keep that in mind. You're not trying to slam in like five units at the same time because you're not Iron Jaws. Um, you That will get punished very hard and you'll feel it deep. When you try and do that the first time, you're like, oh my God, I like lost half my army. Um, so that's that's important to know. But, yeah, you, but you do get half the benefit of being Iron Jaws, more than half. Our Mighty Stories is really, really good. It's such a flexible yeah, tool. My um, this Austin that I keep talking about because he's he lives rent free in my head. Um, one of the things that he I love that he uses is Mighty Destroyer with the um, is it the Mega Boss on foot, um, and with the Fight on Death ability as well. So he's just an absolute missile running forward. Um, and if he dies in combat, cool, he's still gonna fight. And again, it's such a wonderful trade piece and you can find those types of things but you're right like he he'll never run his two units of piggies and his um his mega boss at the same time it's definitely waves at different parts of the board and and kind of manipulating and wherever the bolt boys are kind of shooting off and trying to control that space then they'll kind of come around and support or you know what however the game's kind of flowing it's definitely a thinking person's game um really quickly for anyone who doesn't know these rules war paint is a six up ward for bone splitter units so it doesn't mean that your cruel boys or your iron jaws units are going to get a six up ward 
It's just the bone splitter units that you select will have a six up ward. Um, when it comes to venom encrusted weapons, your um, cruel boy orcs um, on a roll of a six are going to do a mortal wound. Um, is it in addition or is it instead of? Um, I think it might be. I think it's. I think it's uh, instead of. So it's just like mortal wounds. Um, and, it, and there's the shaman that can kind of bring that down to a five. Um, and then Mighty Destroyers is that hero phase command ability that allows them to charge or pile in um, or within move. 12 or move. And one of the things that I love that um, you can do and what Austin tries to do to me all the time is with that mega boss on foot, um, it can charge in the hero phase. And even though it can't fight in the hero phase, it avoids unleash hell. Yeah, because I can't. I can't use that. It's only in the charge phase. There's all sorts of things that my stories is great for. If you remember earlier, I was talking about um, the uh, the consistency being super important. So, for example, when you really, really need a charge to go off, you can like big, big green hand something, teleport it, and then then you can my destroyers with it. Um, and then if you have if you have a triumph, you can try and re-roll that. And then when it comes to your charge phase, you can roll it again, and then you can command point re-roll. So you get four attempts to make that critical charge and like stuff like that um is like the consistency and the tricks is really what you're getting from it in big wall more so than the crazy aggression you get out of it in iron jaws sometimes um but it is amazing and just to call out gary also thank you gary um calling this out specifically um it's mortals equal to the damage the weapons damage and why that becomes important, for example, is the uh, the Bolt Boys, the Cruel Boy Bolt Boys, correct me if I'm wrong, they do two damage on a roll of a six. Obviously, if you bring that down to a five, so that would be two mortals per six that you roll, or five if you obviously use your Shaman. So uh, it's a great way of just like pulling down your opponent and just fishing for those mortals. Plus, you can do things like Bounty Hunter, Gut Rippers, and they have two damage now, and all their sixes, it's a lot of dice, and you can just blow things up. But... uh yeah melee and shooting so it's melee and shooting so everything in cruel boys does the does the model so obviously it's good rules if you take them it's going to be great but not necessarily as you remember mighty destroyers you don't get smashing and bashing the wall painting's nice if you're going to take them but you wouldn't just take you wouldn't take bone splitters just for the sake of the wall paint um and the venom across the weapon great ability yeah so I guess uh, here we go, here we go, here we go is basically just a command ability that gets you wall points sometimes. Um, it's kind of complicated. Read it carefully. Make sure you understand how it works because you have to roll over the battle round and then you get points equal to the battle round. So it's kind of hard to explain to your opponent because this is, this is one of the things you're playing big boys. You're going to have to explain all this. And it, they're like, that doesn't sound right. They want to check it. And it's like a million different little, little things. And you have to like, eh, it's like, you know, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, you're going to be doing this a lot. Um, you're going to be doing this almost always, honestly. Um, it's actually one of the reasons why I always run Warlord Battalions in Big Watt is because you can't do heroic... Um, you can't afford to do the heroic leadership. Um, you're almost always doing this, so you're actually down a couple command points over the course of the game compared to your opponents a lot of the time. Um, because it's wall points are so powerful, as we'll get to. Um, but yeah, this is something you're going to be using a lot. Yeah, so you you often you will do this in. It depends on, I guess, how the tempo of the game is, right? Especially when you look at the next part, which is with the war, right? Um, because as we've talked about, the the wargog prophet with the mask doing a four up ward as well. Um, you might want a heroic recovery that wargog prophet and keep it around a little bit longer. 
or especially as the, the start of the game's kind of happening, you want to get those war points up as quick as possible so you can reap the rewards as soon as possible, which will lead into the next part. I think it's let's let's get to the core of the what the uh, the, the abilities is, which is the the core of the war or the power of the war. So yeah. you you basically get a set of points, and these points accumulate over time. The more points you have, the more abilities you have. So you can see on the right-hand side there is a table at 6, 10, 12, 16, 20, 24. There are different abilities. They stack, correct me if I'm wrong. So once you get 12, you don't lose 8 and 10. You just keep building abilities over time. Yes. Talk to, me, talk to me about these rules. Like instead of going in and giving you story time with coach and reading the points, what does it mean? How does it work? What do you think about? What are the what are the rules that you most enjoy? Like give me your your, yeah. your perspective points. So um so when it comes to the law uh power, like you know, obviously the, the better the vibe, the better the party, the more you stack it up, the stronger you get. Um and so really what you're looking at is a steadily powering up army. Um, I think it's just better and better and more and more consistent and more and more powerful as, as the game goes on. So you're going to want to stack that up as quick as possible because you want to supercharge as fast as possible. And there's a ton of tricks to do that. Um, but once you get to 24, you have all these benefits. Um, plus one hit, plus one wound, plus one cast, spell, unbind, charge, run. You're doing all this stuff. And then you can call the wall where everyone in your army gets plus one attack until the end of the combat phase. Um, so you can do this crazy explosion of damage. You don't always even necessarily do it, though, because the, the ongoing benefits are so good, you don't want to lose them. Um, so it's a, like a kind of an interesting thing um, where your game is really defined by these wah points um, and balancing them and trying to get them as fast as possible and then deciding if you want to call the wah or not um, is a pretty interesting thing. Um, and so, so, Can I ask you? Can I just yeah. ask you, like, when it comes to list building with Big War, do you try to maximize the points, right? Because I get um, uh, I get two points at the start of the hero phase if there's a War Chanter on the table. I get one point if there's a friendly Bone Splitter Wizard on the table. I get one if I charge. Um, there's, you know, I get one uh, for an Orc that's in combat. Um, and obviously the D6 at the start of every battle round if my General's on the table. So yes. when you go to list building, do you look for a tanky general that's always going to be on the table? Do you look at, um, do you make sure you've got at least one war chanter, one bone splitter wizard? Like, how do you look at that at list construction? So first off, you're always going to have a war chanter and you're always going to have a war god prophet. You're really not even going to bring the other wizards for bone splitters. Um, honestly, war god prophet's amazing. You want him in every big wall list. He's giving you an extra wall point every turn. War chanters are fantastic anyway, so... You're going to for sure be bringing them. And you like I was saying, you want to stack these points quickly. Um, your general needing to be alive to get those D6 points is a big defining thing when it comes to the list building, actually. I don't actually usually play super tanky generals. I play safe generals. And there's a big difference between those two things. Um, oftentimes, my general is like a weird knob shaman um, who's just going to sit in the back of the field, stay safe. I'm hiding him in trees. Like I'd rather him be alive than casting spells sometimes. Um because I want to get those D6 points over and over again. And you can sit in the back. And Master Magic is cool, so you also get that. Or in my most recent list, the Vulture Boss. Um, he's super fast, reasonably durable, and he has flying, so you don't have to really put him in risk until you want to. Um, and he can go wherever he needs to be on the table, so you can stay safe while still impacting the game. Um, so it's really like an important thing. You don't want to do things like put a Mega Boss on foot as your general. 
um, because their whole thing is they go and they fight on death, they do a bunch of damage, but then but you lose them, and then you're not getting wall points, you're not getting command points, and you're just starting to fall behind after that. So you want to do something safe with your general. Um, the charge phase thing, um, this is like one of those things where you can really gain a lot if you know how to use the system. Basically, when you're trying to go for like a big turn, normally you don't want to go in with everything. But when you're trying to like call the water and blow something up, you're charging with like everything you can. Um, you're like charging in your wizards, your war channas. Everyone's just trying to get that in because you're going to kill the, You're probably going to kill the thing you're hitting anyway, but you're trying to get those points up. Um, and same thing goes for the end of the combat phase. Um, I have some examples later on, some pictures, but you're you're oftentimes doing like tightly layered screening and background things. So when people hit you, they're in combat with like four units and you get four wall points. Um, and so that can really quickly skyrocket your points. I've called the wall three times in one game before. So if if you know how to really like game that system, you can do some crazy stuff. And if people play into it, obviously. Um, is yeah. there um is there an amount of points that you like to have at a certain time? Like by I don't know turn two or turn one, you know you want to try to have X you you want to have at least get them or zog them or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really really want to have zap them at the top of two. Uh, I think that's like an important thing, and you should kind of be playing in such a way that you're pretty likely to get it. I mean, if you fail your your uh, heroic action and you're rolling like ones for your hero for your general, like it doesn't always happen. But that is definitely like uh, something you should be playing to do, because plus one to casting, spelling, and binding is huge, um, both for stopping your opponent and for enabling yourself. Um, and you can really control the game a lot more from that point. Um, smash them, sixteen is not as important because you always have all out attack and stuff like that. So you really aren't you don't need to race to that as bad, but you do want to race to twelve. Um, yeah, cool. So, so that, that like at a list building point of view, you want to be thinking about how do I get to twelve, really by turn two, and you've got two opportunities through the heroic actions. So you probably want to be doing that at least in the first two rounds. And as you've already mentioned from a list building, the war chanter, a bone splitter, wizard, you know, charging when you can um, to try to supplement and get to that twelve number. Yeah. So you're you're going for like two d six war points plus six from the war channel and bone splitters and then you're probably gonna like charge a unit in and then get like a com end of combat thing so you're pretty likely to get there but not always but yeah that's what you should be trying to do and you should think about that before i get to the spells and i want to hear how you're thinking about spell choices and things like that let's say i did roll a one on the heroic action does that mean that i'm gonna hold back my attack like you know i really want to get the plus one to hit or plus one to wound but i don't get to that point Will you delay an attack because you don't have enough war points, or you just uh, anticipate um, not having the bonuses, or you just have to, you know, plan around that? I think, it, it, I mean, it depends obviously from game to game on the situation, but it definitely is a factor. I have for sure not gone in because I just didn't have the war points yet, and I was like, it's not worth fighting yet. I would rather lose some points in the primary right now, like not be on the objective, than lose a bunch of units before they're powerful. Um, because your units get so strong once you're fully stacked up. Um, you don't want to lose too many because, like, if you lose several trading, trading units and you get your wall point, your wall to be called, you have two units on the table. It's like, I mean, whatever. You're not really getting the full benefit out of it. So you want to, you do want to be cautious. You don't want to go in until you're ready to go in. Um, you can send, like, little units in, but, like, you're definitely not going to be slamming it hard until you have some of these buffs up. Yeah, you might, you might hold off. If you win the priority going from one to two, 
and you don't have enough war points, you actually might give it away hypothetically. Again, I, I do that a lot, and actually. battle plan and just to just to get that extra D six, right? Because then you, by the time it gets to your bottom of turn two, you got the points, you're ready to go. Um, I would actually say that I do that unless I have a specific reason not to. Um, that's how important war points are. Like I will, if I win the priority, I will give you the turn unless I need to take the turn um, because I want more time to build the war points for my turn. Um, so yeah, it, very important. Good question. Really good question. I think, I think we've kind of nailed that. I think people now understand the importance of the, the war points, how that imp impacts the, because this obviously impacts the way you play, the way if you take the priority, you don't take priority. Do you um, go low drops or high drops? You know, this all kind of comes about, um, and we'll, you know, I, I won't answer that one um, because I'm sure battalion choices will be a discussion point as well. Yeah, we get the list, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got your spell choices, right? Again, I've got three different types of wizards, like 10 or 12 different spells I can choose from, four from each of the sides. Um, are there ones that you like more of than less of? Are there ones that you kind of gravitate towards? What? How do you look yeah. at spells? So great, great. the great big green hand of, of Gork is just fantastic. It's just a, teleports are good, and they're extra good in orcs, and especially good in Iron Jaws when you can... Uh, charging hero phase and stuff like that so that spell um you always want it in your list somewhere uh unlike an iron jaws basham lads not not so great in big walk because you already have access to plus one to wound so that spell is great in iron jaws not so good here um the whole lore of the swamp is great uh probably wouldn't play sneaky miasma but all those other spells are just great if it's it's for the meta whatever you need in the meta like i bring nasty hex because nurgle is huge so I try and put an SEX somewhere in my list at this point, like unless I'm designing now. Um, and also because it helps with Night Haunt and stuff like that. So like, you know, that's a really good spell to think out. Um, Lord of the Savage Beast, you don't really, they're mostly buffs for Bone Splitters. If you're playing a bunch of Bone Splitters, sure, but like they're very army specific. So you're not really looking at those so much. Yeah. Uh, and obviously a really good call out as well is the, the the great big hand of Gork being an Iron Jaws spell then allows you to use Mighty Destroyers on that unit. So yes, yes you teleport outside of nine, but then you can use the Mighty Destroyers to, uh, is it, do you charge? It's the charge, you can, right? Because you'd be so within 12. You can do something that'd be like 12.1 inches out. Mighty Destroyers in four inches and then you have an eight inch charge and then you have plus two to charge. So it's actually a six inch charge. And it's a little, if you need that play to be made, which is a lot of how big wall plays, uh, you'll do that. There's also cool things you can do because it says Auric, it doesn't say Iron Jaws. So you can teleport Bolt Boys and they don't count as moving. So you can teleport them to the right position and just gap people at max range um, from safety, wherever you need to. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting things you can do. Um, you can even teleport... Uh, like monsters um like if you were to bring a, a sludge raker you could teleport the sludge raker right where you need to be and just wreak havoc on people they don't expect that at all so there's what a lot I've of cool things the, you can do i mean what i've done in the past with a very similar spell with the gloom spike gets is you teleport um a wizard so you take a wizard you teleport a wizard and then you could throw purple sun you could throw you know, some type of offensive endless spell because you're now really short range to the enemy. The movement gets you in and you could do potentially some damage or some debuffing depending on what you've chosen as well. I mean, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a gamble. Now you've got this wizard literally nine inches away from the enemy, but yeah. um, 
I mean, okay, I, I do want to point out something that you, that you can't do, that people always think you can do. You can't teleport the Wurgog and stare at people. It's a, his is at the beginning of the hero phase. You can't do that unless you double someone, which I have done that because it was like the only play I had to win the game. It was actually it was versus the Nuke in round five at uh, at Old Time Throwdown. I did that. <laughs> I was like, it's the only thing I have. Like, I got to just hope I double him here. And I did. So um, it was, that was a close game. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, so just you can't do that. Everyone always asks that. No, you can't do that. No, um, yeah, because it happens at the start. So given that you got you can't cast your spell at the start, unfortunately, can't do it. Um, you can't even use like, use the boat, for example, lock uh, the soul seeker to teleport him up. Because again, just because of the um, just the, the, the wording, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything you'd else you'd call out with the spell choices, and, and this is critical because there's so many great buffing and debuffings that I wanted to call out those. Um, specifically, uh, the hand I, of Gork is is one, is one I'd really want to call out. Um. Choking Mist is a sleeper. Um, choking Mist in combination with like tanky Iron Jaws, you can just say like, yeah, you're not moving these guys. Um, 15 Ard Boys with Mystic Shield and Choking Mist in front of them, guarding an area, like, good luck. You're not getting rid of them. Um, and there's little there's little things like just uh, people are who have like run in charge and you just like 24 inches away, Choking Mist on you. Uh, you're not going to get Get across the table uh, anymore. Um, people de deploy in a certain way where they can get onto objectives if they run, and you're like, you're not running, so you're not getting an objective, and you lose the whole turn. It's a it's a sleeper, but if you like those control armies, especially if you're playing Gobsprack, keep that in mind. Um, it's a really powerful play you can do sometimes if you see it. But yeah, other than that, I'd say that's all. This, all the spells you really got to yep. think about much. That might combine nicely with expert conquerors as well, given having yeah. three counting each model as a three. Um, plus, then you're debuffing them. Plus, like there's just so many great things. Yeah. And again, yeah. this is that control blue deck thinking thinking army. Yeah, definitely. All right, so here, here this is my uh, list from the Old Town Throwdown tournament that we just had recently. Um, this list, I know people saw it and they were like, uh, "I don't get it." Um, it's because big wall lists can be like that sometimes. Uh, I want to say up front for when you're playing big wall, every list you have to design it with a game plan for at least the first three turns. You can't just be like, I do one thing, turn one. It's like it, you're not going to do well. You have to be thinking like, like turn one, turn two, turn three onwards kind of stuff. So um, I'm going to go over some of the, the choices here. So I mentioned earlier the Killer Boss and Corpse Rip of Ultra, so good. Um, first, the grand strategy of Wa, you can just hold him back most of the game. Last turn, fast in movement, fly 28 inches of movement, get in their deployment zone, boom, that's your grand strategy with like no risk. Um, he's decently fighty. I've got two units of six Bolt Boys, and with his ability, you can unleash hell with both of them in the same turn. So if people come into you, you can just like wreck havoc just destroy things um it takes a lot of work to not get blown out by that it really makes you a scary threat um that people don't want to come into it and you you tell them you can do it but people don't realize how much damage output that can be um on top so on top of that i gave him mork's eye pebble um mork's eye pebble once per game during the enemy shooting phase, your whole army, basically everyone within 12 inches of this giant 130 mil base um, is going to have a five up ward against shooting. Um, the reason I brought that 
is it felt like a very easy fit in to basically hedge my bets in case I fought against uh, a super heavy shooting army, which I did. And it did matter. Um, like, for example, Storm Fiends. You're like, I don't want my whole army to just melt. So you turn on that for one turn, you're pretty tanky. And that's usually all you need, that one turn to really... Um, and stuff like Ard Boys with Mork's Eye Pebble. And they're like trying to shoot your Ard Boys. And it's like, uh, they just rally back half of them with four up. And it's just like, oh my god, like I did nothing. Waste of a whole turn. So it's a pretty powerful thing for very little opportunity cost. Um, and then his command tree is super sneaky. And this one I got a lot of questions about. Um, super sneaky lets you redeploy one side who goes first. And I'm a 10 drop. So I'm not really deciding who goes first. People are like, what are you doing with that? Um, and the answer is the same reason I'm a 10 drop is this is a strategic control army. I want to see what my opponent's doing. And I want to counter deploy to what they're doing and set up to stop them. I'm not necessarily doing a proactive strategy. I'm doing a reactive defensive strategy. So being able to put the bolt boys like on the line somewhere and like if you deploy in front of them, you're gonna get shot turn one. And so they don't. And then you just redeploy them somewhere safe. And you're like, okay, hey, well, you deployed badly because you had to. And I got to move them for free. So it's it's more of a it's a deployment-based like mind game sort of thing. Um, or you can go super aggressive where you're just like deploy the bolt boys nine inches out, walk him in, double tap something you need to kill, which is something I did to the Fire Slayers player. I killed his general and his and his other character turn one before he had to do anything. And so he was and he lost his grand strategy because he couldn't summon his invocation. He was losing command points all game, and it was just like game over like that. Um so there's all sorts of cool things you can do if you know when to do them. Um so yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's there's a lot of great things, and I guess you know first off, I just want to call out, um, you know, this is just one of many lists. This is definitely the five and O list, so, um, you know, definitely proven. Like, is this an easy list to pick up? Like, if if I'm the average yeah. Joe and I pick up this internet list, am I going to go five and O at a tournament? Definitely not. This is not a beginner's list. This is like someone. This is a list you'd have to practice a lot. Um, my second list is a lot easier to play. So when we get to that, it's a little bit more straightforward. This one is, it gives you the tools. If you can find the play, you have the plays, but you don't have the raw power that some lists have. Um, so it's it's very much a toolbox, and it takes a while to learn how to use 10 different tools. Um, but it's very rewarding to play, I will say that. And it is very powerful um, if you know how it works, but it will take practice. It'll take a lot of practice. Um, and you will do decent stuff without practice but talk then it's good talk okay. to me about this talk to me about the synergies like um do you put certain units on the flank um are you combining certain units on the table you know hero with unit how has it all kind of yeah. come together on the tabletop so this list is very synergy based list um and it does what i call a double castle um so basically you got like two balls of units that are working together is not one big defensive ball it's two so um you're basically going to have like two units of bolt boys protected by a bunch of these like uh little ard boy units and stuff like that um and so it's hard to get into them if they come into them you're double overwatching um it's very punishing if you do that um and then this long range threat projection of shooting as well and then the other side you've got like the war god prophet with the weird nav shaman some of the bigger units and the gorgrentas and the Gorgruntas are the long-range threat projection. They can go out and get things. Um, 
and then you have this screen of 15 Ard boys with a Wurgog prophet um, and the Weird Knob Shaman. So if they come into the Ard boys, pretty hard to kill 15 Ard boys. Even with bounty hunters, it's still tough. You can do it without bounty hunters, but it was really hard before. Now it's kind of hard. But if you do, you're going to get Wurgogged. And if you mess it up, you're going to get rallied 4+. Plus. And if you don't come into me, the Weird Knob Shaman's right there and you can teleport them into your face anyway. Um, and you're going to deal with them. So there's definitely like these two synergistic balls that you play with um, most of the time. Sometimes you don't want to play that way, but this is like general advice um, and synergies that go on in this list. Um, yeah, and uh, the last unit I want to mention is the Morgox Crushes. Um, I was going to ask you about that. that I mean, I've been waiting to ask because I think most people would look at that and go, what the hell is that doing on the list? Yeah, so whatever army you're playing, I highly suggest you look at the little warbands that are basically smaller versions of your battle line troops. Galician veterans are useful, but Galician veterans die really fast, the bounty hunters. Morgoth's Crushes is 90 points for three brutes, um, more or less. They're a little higher damage each, um, but like it, it does about the does about 75% of the damage of unit brutes, but it has less wounds. But the thing is, with bounty hunters in play, it has actually more survivability than a five-man brute unit for 70 less points. So what you're looking at is a tiny little trading unit, and the thing is, they're in bounty hunters, so I can put Warchan on them, they're in bounty hunters, charge them in, and they have six attacks that are four damage each and five attacks that are three damage each, which is, like, gross. Um, when you're trying to just clear, like, 20 clan rats, just gone, like, boom, for 90 points. And the other 100 points, but, like, you also got the charging points. If you're still in combat, you're getting more WA points. Um, they're a great screen. It's 90 points. Like, if they die, it's like, ah, don't I, I don't really care. Um, but they can hit much harder than people think they can. So that's why they're in the list. And it goes back to if, if people go out and kill those crushes, guess what? It's 90 points. Who yeah. cares? Who cares? It's like the work I profits. Like, oh, you, you didn't work. Well, I didn't really put that many points into it. So, like, you don't. And um, that's a big theme to my big wall lists. Um, it's not the same. If you're looking, like, I'll, I'll reference this later, but, like, Tubbs plays very differently. But my theme a lot of time on my list is there's no, nothing really worth focusing every piece is pretty good no piece is a linchpin everything does its job but you don't need any if one thing dies you don't lose there's nothing that if it dies you lose um so it's designed to really mess with people's heads when they're trying to do threat assessment like they just don't know what to target because there isn't any right choice really well they're probably like a right choice but it's like one percent difference you know so it's really easy to make people make misplays and not know what they need to kill, especially as they don't know their, your army as well as you know your army. Um, so, yeah, it's a big thing. Um,
shit. Sorry, kids, are we still there? Oh, oh shit. Oops, still going. Uh, I think just cut the stream cut out, folks. So do apologize about that one. Hopefully get Aaron back on in a second. I'll bring up the uh, the list. Um, I just messaged Aaron. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Australian crappy internet. Uh, no, I think the stream just crashed. Sorry, Thomas. Uh, apologize. I should have that back up. And I've just asked Thomas to come back in. Uh, apologies about that. I don't know. Australian crappy internet. But uh, I'll bring up the second list just while I re-invite Aaron to get back in. Um, so what have we got? The second list is we've got the... Um, uh, yeah, sorry, the internet just crashed. Um, he'll be back on in a second. But the second list is going to be... Oh, here we go. Yeah. Aaron should be back. Sorry about that. My internet just crashed for a second. Uh, like, router what, did, what was the last thing so when, when it stopped? Uh, it's all good. I would, let's just go to the second list. I'll, I'll, I'll fix up the stream in a second when um, when the video finishes. But the second list I've just brought up. Um, so we talked about we just talked about like the um, the the ninety point idiots, which is great. And I think the key that I've kind of noticed, Aaron, is that when I played, as you said, you said earlier about the threat assessment, it's it's tough because when I look at your even your last list, when I look at this list, right, I want to kill those bolt boys. I also want to kill the prophets. And it's easier said than done for some lists because it's usually protected by layers of chaff. You've got yeah. layers of odd boys keeping me out of 12 inches. So um, it's hard to get to that that um, or 18 inches, however it might be, depending on, on the threats around. Um, and you've just got waves of waves of waves and um, you're, you're throwing units in and getting those wild points for being in combat for charging and you're just throwing away trade pieces. So... Um, yeah, it, it's easier said than done. Definitely, that, that's definitely one of the things. Is like it's very hard to actually get to the bolt boys, um, and oftentimes trying to get into them is what's going to get you killed because you're trying and you're trying, you just can't get through. There's so many hard boys, so the crushes are in the way. This thing's just charging into you, just being annoying, and you're like getting shot the whole time. And it's very, it's rough. <laughs> and then what? And then what I find is I lose priority, and then I'm in range of the Wargog Prophet, and then it zaps the crap out of me. So, yeah. Um, and like, and like, it's it's made me rethink, especially for Nighthaunt and other units that are castling up. And I imagine Lumineth and Zench and um, any of these armies that are going to be projecting their power through a castle. I need to be thinking about long range. I need to be thinking about doing way more to be able to pull that in. Because you're right. If I'm in short range, that prophet is going to shoot me down. The bolt boys are going to be shooting me as I try to get to it. Um, so protecting those, I guess, that trio, um, especially with the with the. Um, I noticed you don't have the um, the 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 wizard from um, Cruel Boys to give them mortals on yeah. fives. Actually, I have super strong opinions on this. So Cruel Boys were my first orc army, and I've played like five GTS with them at this point, and I never run Swamp Hollows. I, they're mathematically not worth it unless you're running nine man bolt boys. They're great with nine man bolt boys, but um, I don't like them. In Big Wall, they're better, I think. Cruel boys, I don't like them because you already get through armor so easily. Like, do you really need to get through armor better? Um, Big Wall, I like them more, but there is just not room in the list uh, for the extra 105 points. Like, I just don't have space. I need every piece in here is essential. You have to have all these pieces, so you couldn't. I couldn't cut anything to run it. Um, but it is if if it's something you want to change about this list, you could make that 
big Ard Boys unit less, like make another five man, and then you could put some other tools in there. That's probably the one thing that's the Ard the fifteen Ard Boys is like a flex spot where it's whatever you think is good uh, for your playstyle. Right. Uh, so if I wanted to get myself that Swamp Caller Shaman, I might drop those Ard Boys back. Um, if I needed some type of other flex, maybe a second unit of Gore Grunters, I might pull that back completely. Um, yeah. that's, that's, that's your flex depending on how the meta kind of works. Yeah, definitely. Uh, good question from, uh, Flamingo Pie is, does the maths on the Shaman take the big crocodile bonus into account? Um, so the big crocodile is good. Um, his aura isn't especially amazing on Bolt Boys specifically because it's only a 50% damage of Mortals increase, but it's still good. The reason the Croc's good is because he's just good on his own. And the Swamp Caller has to give up most of its utility. And you end up with a situation where, like, so this list, for, for example, threat assessment is hard. If I have Swamp Callers also on the Bolt Boys, the obvious choice is to kill the Bolt Boys. And I lose, like, so much. You can just ignore the Swamp Callers, and then I'm just down 210 points because they don't do anything on their own. Um, so they're, they do have their place, and I think the Croc is better. The Croc is great because he'll just go in there and just mess people up when he needs to. So, like, he's different. Um, you're not really giving up a lot for that great buff. Um, but that's I'm very opinionated on this. I've been, I've been ranting about this. Just I've been playing only Grin and Blade since the start of Gruel Boy. So, yeah, I'm Look, just and a weird if you, guy. If you, <laughs> you want your you Shaman... Yeah, you, we've, we've, we've talked about where you could kind of add the Shaman if you wanted the Shaman. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 got his place, especially if you need to break armor. That's where he's really, really good. A couple of questions about the list, and then I'll go to your second one. First one being your battalion combination. Why have you gone four combinations of... of why wouldn't you go, like, double battle regiment? Why would you... Like, what, what was your thinking here with your battalion choices? Okay, so the reason that I don't go double battle regiment, I do a battle regiment, but it was just kind of in there because I did had some spare pieces. It lowers my drop by like two or three. Um, the reason that I don't is because Warlord is so important in Big Wall. You need that extra command point, and you are a value-based army. You steadily gain stats over the course of the game. You're not a tempo army. You're not like you're you're steadily getting stronger, right? So the artifacts contribute to that playstyle extra command points contribute to that playstyle of where you're just outvaluing outpowering your opponent steadily if you're running warlord battalions you're already not going to be a low drop so you kind i kind of just like accepted it it's like i'm going to be at least six or seven drops minimum and at that point i might as well get more strength and more value and and have win the deployment positioning game a little harder um bounty hunters uh on crushes and gore gruntas um those are usually the units i send in first Gruntas, I often use to just hit multiple screeners at the same time. I'm not even trying to kill all of them. I'm just trying to hit them, do a bunch of damage, keep them in combat. So I get charge, clearing a bunch of units, um, get some wall points for being in combat. The end of the thing, kind of pin people in. They're pretty tanky, so people have to deal with it. Um, and the crushes, it's just like you send them into something, and if they don't work, oh well, 90 points. But if they hit screens and stuff like that, they're going to blow it up in the bounty hunters. So they're going to at least accomplish something for sure for 90 points. So that's a good thing. And then the expert conquerors um, make five men art boys something you have to deal with. You can't ignore them. Um, you must deal with them. And that puts you in a pickle where you're like, I want to go with the bolt boys, but I can't 
leave three yard boys on this objective because I lose it. So you're in this, it's that whole like catch 22 every time, every single thing you're just like, there's no good options. Everything is rocking a hard place all the time. And that's why expert conquerors is super good on five man hard boys. If I could change it, I would have put the 15 into the warlord and the last five into expert conquerors, but it's a small tweak really, but that's why that's there. Um, yeah. All are, the those, are, those, are those main skewer bolt boys um reinforced or are they do they come in at yes. 240 points? Yeah, they're okay. reinforced. I was gonna I was gonna ask you why haven't you why haven't you got them combined? But I guess that answers my question then because you can't double yeah. reinforce them because they're not battle line in anything that's not big yellows. Yeah, and uh super relevant to that question. People ask me why don't I run like a third unit? Because you only get two only shells of the killer boss. So it's like you're just maximizing, you're min-maxing, you're getting like the most value out of each unit. Um, but you can, if you really like shooting and you really like bolt boys, a third unit is good. I have I have tried it out before. It is it is quite powerful. So, but then, uh, but then the question is, why don't you just go big yellers? Um, yeah, if you, you kind of put you yourself. Two, yeah, it's kind of like why when you don't run any bolt boys, like why aren't you just playing iron jaws? It's kind of like that. Um, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. And obviously, you know, if you look at this and you're like, I really want to get myself, I don't know. Like the first thing I think about was, you know, do I want the killer boss or do I want to get myself, I don't know, a more crusher on a more crusher. So cool. I could probably swap around the odd boys, maybe pull out the, um, the, the killer boss on, on Ripper Vulture, or I want to bring like a Maya brute. Like um, there's so many cool little things you can tweak and modify yeah. to your particular play style. I know we all if have you, our favorite. Unit. If you like the Ma crusher and you want to play big Wah, Tubbs, it, his lists are great. He often has a mock crusher, so he's he's definitely more towards the aggressive end of Big Wah. I'm a little more on the defensive end, but like he's super friendly. Hit him up on the Discord, and he'll help you out with the more aggressive lists for sure. Oh, second <laughs> list you've got is um, a little bit different. So this was a previous list that you had run at a tournament. Is that right? Yes. So this list I was running in the last GHB. I updated it a little bit, but I didn't change it more than just the battalions. Um, as an example of something else you can play, I went 304141 with this exact list. And, um, so it's it's real good. Um, it's a very powerful list. It's not necessarily ideal in the current meta, but it's more to get your juices flowing and thinking about other ways to play models in Big Waz. Why we're the one to include this. So first thing you'll notice, there's no Volcha. Um, there's also no Bolt Boys. And I was just talking about how important bolt boys are. Instead, I have two two kill bows. And a lot of people don't like kill bows. And the reason for that is they are genuinely bad in cruel boys. Because cruel boys, you need them to work. You can't afford this units because you need that unit dead. Big Y, I got a lot more wiggle room because I, I have other ways to kill things. Um, I'm much more durable. So I can afford to just use and be like, hey, sometimes the Gargan just dies in one turn. Like, you know... It, it's this great piece to just threaten the the big units. And it was really good in the last GHB. Right now, there's not as many monsters, so I really probably wouldn't do them right now. But if you see it come back, they're really good in big one. What about what about let's say hypothetically in a world there that we get mega gargants go to new battle tome, we've got um, stone horns and thunder tusks running around with ogre more tribes. Maybe Kragnos gets a return. Uh, we've got big big bin chickens yeah. the in in um, in Zench as well. There's cron um, spines everywhere. Yeah, 
so they aren't like actually I, that's a really good point because those lists are coming out right um so killboard is something to look at and people talk trash on them but what you have to remember is that's only 260 points of an i win button sometimes um it's just like the 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 zappy guy um did i not include oh there he is yeah, the word guy profit um the same sort of deal where it's like yeah, it doesn't always work, but it's just not that many points. You don't need consistency out of 130 points. Um, so I wanted to point those out specifically. Um, some of the other stuff that is really different about this list is there is two mega bosses on foot. Um, one was Arcane Tone, Fleming Weapon. One has Destroyer. Um, and the function they serve in this list is roadblocks. You just put them in the way of stuff. I rarely even charge them. I just like... Here's a mega boss. Uh, if you charge him, he's going to fight you, and you're also going to be stuck there. And I'm going to hit you back. Um, it also gets or helps you get around things like your lack of smash and bastion because you can charge in two units, a mega boss and someone else, fight with the first unit. If they kill the mega boss, you're like, I'm fighting anyway. I'm still getting you. Um, so it, it's helping you do this brawler style of gameplay a lot more strong, um, where you're just like heavy hitting, which goes hand in hand with the 15 brutes um, that you'll see right there. 15 brutes in big wa is absurd uh the damage output is outrageous um i was tabling nurgle players at top of two with these guys like i charged 10 blight kings all dead one turn just gone like nothing lives past 15 brutes in big wa um because you're plus one to hit plus one to wound plus one attack plus one damage um so you're looking at uh 45 attack or oh sorry 60 attacks twos and twos rend two two damage um like what are you gonna do that just kills everything uh mega gargans go down in one turn easily like it, it's that is your hammer unit for sure um and it is an incredible hammer uh right now i don't really run large units of brutes because they are susceptible to bounty hunters so but three five man brutes still does a similar job but they hit really outrageously hard for the points of Big Wah. So if you could split them into three in this current meta, it might be a little better. But Brutes and Big Wah are something to talk about, for sure. Um, and once you experience them, you'll, you're going to be sad. <laughs> yeah, I think I, th I, I think my, my opponent that I play often, Austin, runs one or two, at least two units of five Brutes. Um, I haven't enjoyed the, the benefits of a 15-person Brute. And I guess they're, <laughs> they're, they're GVs, right? So... Yes. They can get bonds of battle. So in the current edition, you get to maximize the attacks from brutes because of the that. Otherwise, yeah. in the old GHB, you wouldn't be able to get all those fifteen attacks. Or fifteen. It'd, it'd be pretty tough. Attacking. Yeah, with, yeah, with, very, with very the core hackers, it's a little, it's a, it's decently doable two inch reach. But now you can actually run the choppers and have an extra attack apiece. And if you're in bounty hunters, you're getting four attacks base, five attacks on wall turn that are three damage apiece. Um, and they can fight in ranks now. So you can just, uh, you can, you know, kill 60 zombies like nothing. Like if, if the horde meta comes back, uh, looking into Bruce with two choppas is a big, it's, it's strong. It's, it's pretty scary when you actually play it. <laughs> I get the feeling the, the infantry, uh, meta is never coming. I think it's been yeah, that point. I, if, if they would have released Gits as the second destruction battle tome, yeah, maybe. But unless like Noblars are super powerful in Ogre Moor tribes, we're not going into this me this this meta. Yeah. Escaping is not coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I 
my skin army is a horde army, but I play weird. But it's it's different. But well, you uh, lost the MSU community, so like it's, yeah. it's it's definitely more MSU. I just want to call out really quickly. Um, the destroyer artifact is um once per game an extra three damage on the weapon profile. So yeah. when that mega boss goes in, it's just an absolute carnage when um yeah. when you get that once per battle trigger. Base two damage, war chain of the three, destroyer at six damage per swing. He's got eight attacks base, has ways to get more. And on stuff like Waterm, you're coming in and he's got um I've had him get like eleven attacks because I was just fighting chaff for a while. He's getting kills and stacking up points. Twos, twos, rend one, damage six with eleven attacks, like it, it's just gross how much damage you can do and um when there's two of them blocking things up you kind of have to deal with them and people just they have to go in and then they get got pretty hard by it for 140 points like it's it's a fun little thing and it's super fun for both players i think watching the crazy swinginess of that <laughs> it's a pretty entertaining moment um yeah yeah, that that mega boss, like I, like I mentioned right at the top of the show, like I live, he live my my live rent rent free in my head, uh, and it's like I, I drop down my judicators and I pop him before he gets into combat because I've experienced that fight on death once. Called down the destroyer, never again, like, no, never again, <laughs> not gonna ever happen again. He gave because, you the bad uh, touch, <laughs> never again. Yeah, but how, but like, how, how do you win with this list? Like both lists, like you know, if I'm your style of list, how do you win and how do you? how do you get the most of it? Obviously battle plans and opponents and all that stuff kind of comes into play, but how do I, how do you win? Okay. So they do, they do win in kind of different ways. Um, the first list is winning by basically winning on points. Uh, you're not really looking to table your opponent. Um, you're looking to demolish the important things, grind people down and zone control. You're like saying you can't be in this area and you can't do this thing, which means your battle, their battle tactics come very hard. For them to score, it's hard for them to be on the primary because so many bolt boys like being on the objectives is like really difficult. Um, and you're basically playing like a combination denial and just really consistently getting all your battle tactics, um, getting your grand strategy, turning off theirs. Um, it's like that sort of a list where you're really, it's like it's a weird combination of like a scalpel and a mallet. Like, um, it's a kind of it's very much a control list. Like, if you like Legion of the First Prince, is that kind of that's how you're winning the games. You're saying no. Um, on the other side, the other one is kind of the opposite. What that list does is it tables people. It's it you're like doing these little fights and you're clearing out the, the little things with art boys and story bosses and the fifteen brutes come in and say whatever is left is dead right now. Um, and you're really making maximum use of the stacked up stats in that list. Um, you're using the plus one hit, plus one wound. That stuff is really important. And that's the list that I got the three wogs in one game um, because there's so many melee units just being annoying. And 15 Ard Boys, when you have other threats you need to deal with, um, become a problem, especially late game, especially when I have a war chanted rallying them. Um, so they're like grinding through things and everything that they can't, that they can't kill, the Brutes absolutely can kill. Um, so you're looking... It still is, though, a control army. Um, you have to be really careful with your positioning, with your screening. You can't let people hit your brutes first, or you will lose the game on the spot almost. Um, if they kill that big unit, like you're relying on it so heavily in that list that it can be a really big detriment. Um, but you have a lot of area control, and people, uh, the the kill the killbos, people don't want their monsters next to them. 
So you can do cool things like put both kill bows on one flank and brutes and other monsters in front of brutes, which you want. Um, so this connection, a little spotty connection for a second. Um, so it's it's a combination. That one's like much heavier on the hammer, but still a control list. Um, and you're you're still playing a long. You're always going to play five turns with big wall. Just think of it like that. You're not looking to win turn three. Um, yeah, that's probably a big thing, right? Um, most Age of Sigma players are thinking about turn one, turn two, turn three. And, you know, hopefully you've done enough. To, and this is very probably like an Iron Jaws mentality where you, you kind of go hard, turn one, turn 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 three. And hopefully you've done enough damage, got enough victory points to kind of cruise through turn four, turn five. But really you are a slow burn, almost like Nurgle, where you're slow burning and you want to play five rounds. You've yeah. got to be fast in your decisions because if you don't play a fast five games, five rounds, you're not going to really reap the rewards of the faction. Yeah, definitely. I think that's like a great way to put it. It is kind of a little bit nerdlish in that way. Yeah. Um, not as nowhere near as durable, um, but you're, you're doing a lot of small plays early on. You, you can't be, you, you can be, but if you're playing my list, you shouldn't be thinking of um, big plays early, unless you see a, a crazy opportunity. Like someone just totally messes up and you're like, ah, I gotcha. But most of the time you're not going to be doing that. You're looking for little little things, little advantageous trades, trading a 90-point unit for a 150-point unit, you know. Um, clearing, like, two small units, and then they have to send something over to get a unit. You're kind of just, like, being annoying, making things difficult, and getting powerful. And then turn three is usually the big turn. Like, that's when the big plays happen. Because um, that's when you're usually going to be hitting max wall points, unless it's a very slow game. Um because sometimes you don't, you just don't hit wall to like four, uh, but that's rare, very rare. Um, so you, yeah, that's like you definitely got to be playing the slow, calculated, by time. Uh, I want to wait till turn three type mentality for strategically, and uh, let's see you win games with them. When when's a good time to call down the wall? Is it turn three? Is that like? Or like what, when, when should I use it versus like, when should I keep holding it? So I think the biggest thing um, with knowing when to, and when not to call the law, because you know, with iron jaws, you're always going to call the law at some point. You're, you're going to call it when you go in um, with, with big law, what you have to be thinking about is like, number one, do I need it? Um, do I need the extra attack? Because usually plus one hit plus the wound is already doing a lot. Um, but if you're going to get to like go hard, uh, you do use it. But also what's important to think about is you don't want to lose too many units before you have the law. Um, cause there will be games where you're like, I have 24 points, but I all I have is like little units of Ard boys and like war channels and most of their units are dead too. And you're just kind of like, there's only a few scrap units and it's like, I'd rather have the plus one to run plus one to charge just getting things done without blowing them up kind of thing. So you just, it's just something to always ask yourself. Like just because I have 24 points doesn't mean I should, you know, you gotta actually stop. Think, do I want to do this? Cause you lose a lot the next turn when you lose all those benefits. Um, it can hurt. Uh, you lose a lot of gas in the tank. And then if you get doubled into that, it's like, Oh geez. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's important. 
Yeah, like keeping the plus one to cast Dispel and Unbinding could be really powerful, right? You know, how many yeah. games have, have I won by doing a late game teleport onto an objective that I didn't have or using it for like barge through enemy lines or something that requires me for my grand strategy to have units on yeah. the side of the territory. And if I lose the plus one to cast and I don't have arcane terrain, then I'm giving away that. And that might actually be the victory points that stops me from winning or, or drawing yeah. or whatever it might be. So I guess, you know, if you, you are going to do your, your big wire and you're going to, you really want to make the most of it. You want to have your key threat pieces ready to go. You want to delete what is, um, what is going into and, and knowing that if you lost your plus one to hit plus one to wound, um, in the subsequent turns, am I going to be able to still win the fight? And I guess yeah. that would be my decision point. Yeah. You got you to gotta think, like, do I need my wall points still? Like, yeah, if you need a teleport to go off the next turn, if you need it to win the game, don't call wall. You need that plus one is like very important. Like, it's, if it's different between winning and losing a game, like the plus one attack probably matters less because um, you already have so many other benefits. Talk to me, deployment. I think that's one thing that probably, um, again, with so many different synergies and so many different units and with high drops, um, it's not like I have a battle regiment in mind where I've got this particular set of pieces and this is how I always deploy. You've got lots of drops, lots of units. Um, how do you recommend I deploy? Do you have some advice and things that you'd share with me to be better at that? Yeah. Um, first, I would like to say that it is a flexible army and you never necessarily, you're not always deploying the same way. Like you said, it's um, you really do deploy reactively and you want to be thinking in terms of trying to dissuade the opponent from going all in turn one on you. And you're not going all in on turn one. You you want the game to, to get to like bottom of two before real fights are happening or, or turn three. So you, when you're deploying, you're not necessarily like on the line unless you need to be um, unless with like a screen maybe to like bait someone in or something like that. But like, you're really kind of keeping a little bit back. You want to be on, on the objectives. You want to be in, in battle tactics, but you're definitely more reserved than other orc armies would be. Um, Cause you want to save your resources until they're at their maximum power. Um, the other thing, which I sent you some pictures of a deployment technique right here. And this is something that uh, is kind of hard to explain without a visual. So I just lined up some models as an example. So if you look here, there's, two units of Ard Boys screening. Right behind them, there's a bunch of other units. There's Brutes, there's War Channas, there's the Wargog and Megaboss. And they're all, if the Ard Boys got charged, all these units would also be in combat, but probably not in range of the melee weapons of the opponent. So they're all going to be able to pile in and fight if they kill your Ard Boys, which is cool, and it is definitely a benefit, but sometimes it's like not even combat units. Like War Channas don't really hit that hard. Your Shamans don't hit that hard, but what they do is pile in are in combat and get you wall points. So when mm. someone charges this bubble, they're probably killing the art boys, and then you're getting four wall points at the end of the combat, which is a lot. Like that is a huge spike um, to get four points from one combat at the end of the like turn one. People people come in, they do that, and they hit like oh two of these bubbles, right? And people hit both of them, and I'm like, cool, you killed art boys. You also maybe killed like some important thing. And then I'm getting seven to eight additional wall points. Comes to my turn, I get D6 plus three. And all of a sudden, I'm at like 13, 14, make a couple charges. I'm already at 16 on bottom of one. And I'm already at plus one to hit, plus one to charge, plus one to run, plus one to cast. And it's the like bottom of turn one. 
And that is a huge edge you can get on your opponent. And it's really important when you're playing Big Wall to do this. And according to that photo, I am now in range of a Wargog Prophet Mask. So yes. you're in 12, it's start of the hero phase, whatever. If you, if you survive, even if you put in the tankiest, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, some, I mean, obviously Marathi will, will, will just take three wounds, but everything that isn't Marathi, um, you will zappy zap that to death. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's when I was talking about the two bubbles in my other list. Like, one is the, the 12 Bolt Boys, one is the Wargog. And people think they pin you in, they forget about the Wargog. There's so many moving pieces, they forget about it. And you just zap it off, and you're like, okay, I'm free to move and get at you now. And you didn't realize I could do that during my hero phase. Um, and you gave me a bunch of wall points. So it's going to be bad for you. Um, so it's that, that counter punch that, like, if you come into the bolt boys, you're gonna get double unleashed hell, and then you're gonna get fought by these art boys that are kind of hard to deal with. And then if you go into the war guy, you're gonna get punched back and you're gonna get zapped off. So, but if you don't come at me, I'm shooting you, and you're just like, uh, there's yeah, it's a really um big part of the strategy I've developed playing big wall and how I've been able to find so much success um with it across many tournaments. So yeah. That's the, that's the best advice I could give for deployment other than just play reactionary. Look at what your opponent's doing and adjust. Um, think about it. Think what they're going to do. Is there any um, is there any opponents or any armies that you struggle with? Um, or any, I, I guess even like archetypes, like, you know, are you feeling nervous about the wizard meta we might move into? Is it, um, you, you mentioned the slow burn, for example. If I could turn one charge you with, let's say, Mega Gargants or with Stone Horns or um, actual Iron Jaws, does that concern you? Like how um, I think it does depend on your individual list a bit. But I will say fairly consistently, Thunder Lizards are brutal. Um, the reduction of damage turns off all your War Channel buffs, which is it cuts your damage in half across your army. Um, it's pretty hard to punish the Slon um, or Croak. Like it's you don't, especially their casting benefits are so big that your plus one is like irrelevant. Um, a lot of time you're in like a bubble. And they like the terrain pieces doing more. It's like it's rough. That's a that's not a fun matchup for Big Wall unless you're running the thirty guy Ripa's build, which kind of mean, but it does beat Seraphon. Um, and then like uh, sometimes Iron Jaws can be tough. Um, you if you mess up your deployment even a little, they will get you. But if you don't, it's like an extremely easy matchup. If you do it, if you deploy masterfully. You crush them. If you don't, you get crushed. It's very like turn one, the game is over. Like someone lost. Um, so that's like a very because one of the things that problems with Iron Jaws is they don't give you the time to stack up your wall points. Hmm. So you're kind of just like a worse version of Iron Jaws against them a lot of time. And it's like rough. Unless you do it just right and then you get to work on and shoot their guys off, and then all of a sudden they're off the table. Um, so that's a that's a tricky one, I would say. And then there's other one other really tough one. Um, daughters, daughters is tough uh, because Marathi is a problem. I, I've had success fighting her, but Marathi is not easy to deal with in in Oryx across the board. She's uh, her abilities are just really good against you. Um, the rest of the army is like fine. You're just fighting, and you have the damage output to pick up snakes, and like you can trade units with them, and so like it's it's fine. But Marathi's really, really hard for the army. 
um, I would say it's a it's a problem. How would you deal with Marathi? Because I'm sure there are people listening to this who may, because Marathi is still very popular. You know, Daughters of Cain is still running a lot of Marathi, uh, despite it being like, you know, one third of the army. What would you do or what advice would you give me if I was facing Marathi as a, a big war player? Um, I would say, you know, throw some shots into her every turn. Um, you got to be thinking that you have to engage with her four times. Um and you're going to have to like, don't trick yourself and say, Oh, I can avoid her. You can't, she's fast. She's going to get in things. So you have to screen really well. Use your, use your five man art boys, get in the way. Um, Cause five art boys don't do that much damage, but they do do three damage. You know, like you can, if you charge, if like, if they like are in multiple combats and they want to do her first and they don't care, you're still gonna get the three damage in. You charge her with them. Sometimes like you're trading 85 points for a third of Marathi. Third of Marathi is like 145 points of value or something like something like that, but whatever. Um, so you just kind of like a pecketer. It it's it is hard though. Um, the other thing you can do, and this is what I usually do, or I used to do. I haven't fought with with this current list. I have not fought um, daughters yet. But with my old list, what I used to do is I would just say, okay, well Marathi's gonna do stuff, but I'm gonna kill the rest of your army by turn two. Um, just everything all in right off the bat, 100% all in, which you never do with Big Wall except for in that matchup where it's just like, like bow snakes, you're like, I can't sit across the table from you. You're going to just, like, your shooting is better than me. You can move and shoot. Um, so I'll do stuff like super sneaky bolt boys in range and then teleport in with my biggest combat unit and just charge in, fasten my vulture boss, for example, double move Gorgrunt, everything's just going in. And you try and pick up the rest of the table because she has a lot of points and they also have support characters and these little screening units. So they really don't have that many units in their army at that point. And you just wipe everything else off, slowly get killed, but win the game. Um, Cause that's, that's how I've approached it in the past. And it's worked for me, but it's always been like, like nail biter games um, for sure. So that, that, yeah, but that's, that's the advice I would give in that matchup. Yeah, I think I think things and again, this kind of goes back to having things like Bolt Boys in your list, so you can reach out, put those three wounds on her. If you can do that twice in you know two turns, and then you make some sacrificial trades with things like Ard Boys or something else, you should be able to get enough damage that by the end of turn two, earliest turn three, um, she's kind of disappeared. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, you can do that unless you're fighting the, the 15 bow snakes where they're just gonna shoot off the bolt boys, which is rough. But <laughs> it's a very good army for a reason. So um it's gonna be tough. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to outplay your plan, like you're saying. Yeah, that's like a good uh that's a good uh, the best way you can uh, you can deal with it. I, I noticed your lists don't have a lot of endless spells, and endless spells are very pow po powerful and popular at the moment. No purple sun, no gnashing jaws, no cogs. Um Instead of asking you why you don't have them, I guess if I was going to take some endless spells, are there ones that maybe work better for Big War, at least the way you play? Um... Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a couple that I considered. Uh, I, I'm going to briefly cover why I don't. It's just because points can get pretty tight sometimes, and um, it's just it's sometimes it's hard to fit them. Um, but they are good. Uh, one of the really neat ones I've been toying around with is uh, Latch on the Soul Seeker. With a mega boss of arcane tome and you just fly him up flaming weapon 
boom, just charge him in and be like, let's get in there and just start beating people up. That's that's like pretty funny. It's 30 points, so it's like, why not? It gives you that tool to just do something silly. And you can like clear something out, and then they have to charge him, and he fights again when he dies, and it's like, uh, it's kind of a lot of damage. Um, so that's a fun one. Um, I would not run Purple Sun. Uh, it's hard to cast. You're mostly a melee army, so you're often going to be in range of it. Um, it's just like hard to work with. Um, most of the damage ones, I mean, they're fine. I just would rather be shooting people, I guess. And you don't really want to run two. You don't have a lot of multicast wizards, which is kind of the thing. So it has to like do something strategically. Bridge though, bridge is really really fun. I have played with bridge and big wall and um, stuff like teleporting brutes or even teleporting uh, the um, bolt boys. Even like behind the uh, bridge, kind of block off space. And you're shooting people, and then when you need them, you teleport them somewhere else. You're shooting people again. And just being really annoying with that. That's definitely good. And I will say the plus one to cast makes it much more reliable to do these things. But you want to be looking at the the endless spells that have um, movement type stuff, body blocking. Um, you're you're looking for it more as tools, less as damage. Because you have the damage. You don't need more damage. Um, mm. You need tools to buy time and position better with your like four movement infantry guys. So um, that, that's those are the ones I'd be looking at and thinking about. Um, chains is interesting. Most people wouldn't play it. I would, but I'm a weird player. But what it does is stops the game for a little bit. Are you talking shackles? Is that what you're shackles? About? Yeah, yeah. Um, even though you're mostly melee army, you don't want to fight really turn one and two, not too much. Um, and you can protect your bolt boys with it, it's not that many points. Um, and you can buy you a lot of time if you're finding you're struggling to if you have a lot of alpha strike armies in your meta. Um, they're like going all in on you like we'll throw some chains out makes it really hard like and they can't get into you fast enough and then you can overpower them so that's a that's one that i think you you can look at especially if you're playing gobsprack you're playing a gobsprack list um which i think has much more value now than it did before um you are casting spells dispelling things throwing out chains with ball boy shooting and then you have these like mobile units doing crazy stuff that you can it's pretty fun um that's definitely something to look into if you want to play real techie, real, real uh, morky, you know, cunning but brutal. It's definitely on the cunning side. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if Mork really likes the uh, chronomatic cogs, but yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely would love let gnashing jaws. Yeah, bite people. Yeah, <laughs> that spell. Speaking... That spell gives bad touch. <laughs> Oh yeah! Look, again, my my mate Austin. If you're listening to this, I'm just giving all the secrets. Yeah, he he runs gnashing jaws as well. It's like that. And what what I do love about gnashing jaws, I'll, I'll give him some credit there. Is um what well, on the setup you get to re-roll the dice. So it's it's the movement three d six, and you get to re-roll it when it's set up. So um it, it's got a pretty big footprint. It can do some damage, but also just being able to throw throw it very early on where most endless spells don't have the movement to get into you in turn one this one certainly does so it can kind of delay the attack while i'm trying to either take damage or i'm trying to avoid it i'm trying to yeah. use a, a cast to you get can, rid of it you can do stuff like punish their back lines when a lot of times it's a little tough with big one to get at their little things in the back and kind of get them stuff like that yeah i can see the value of that for sure there's so many ways to build big wall like there's so many different minds working on it um so like try it out if you have an idea, try it. Cause like I thought, oh, I'll make a meme and make 30 gut rippers in a list. And it actually was really good. Um, I came like this close to beating Tom Guan on Seraphon with it. Like 
like, and I was just like, uh, I was just bringing it like, I had no shooting in the army. I had 15 brutes and 30 gut rippers. And it was like, this is actually like plus one attack, plus one hit, plus one to wound, 90 attacks. Like, it's a lot. Morals and sixes. So, like, if you have a cool idea, try it out. You'd be surprised what works. Um, yeah. And, like, we haven't really talked about the the bone splitter side, you know, things like the piggies and things like, um, like sorry, the main, like the maniac boar boys and um, their, their great little mobile chap and support. And I think, you know, just build, build the way you want to build it. But I want to ask a couple of final questions. The first one being, you talked about pluses to cast, which reminded me, Cronspine. So um, do yeah. you think Cronspine, the incarnate of Go, works well with Bigwa? I personally don't think so. Um, part of the reason I don't like him, he has a lot of points, and you already have a couple like taxi units you have to bring, and points can be pretty tight in this army, so it is a little tough. Um, secondly, you have access to other tools that do similar things to the crown spine. Like if you're looking for like durable combat units that tie people down, like 15 hard boys is pretty damn good at that. Um, there's, there's a lot of ways you can accomplish what you need him for with, without playing the crown spine. I mean, he's a really good model. Like if you want to play him good, but he also doesn't benefit from any of the buffs. All your, all your things buff auric units. You also don't want to bring any goblins because they don't get any benefits. Like you don't want to bring the um, hobgrots, for example, because they don't benefit from anything. Um, in big law so it has to be auric units so it's kind of like what he's doing is not something big law needs and your army tends to be in these little bubbles and if they do snipe the caster you're in a bad spot because you you're screening a lot with big law he's stuck behind your lines sometimes and like he's going to charge your units and kill your units whereas a lot of armies they just could missile him in like um it's harder to do that with big wad and you have such a big footprint as an army it's 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 difficult so i personally don't like him um if you if you are looking for something that does what he does uh, i would look into actually the great nash tooth killer bosses they're 10 wounds on a three up save for very little points and they're fast and they fight decently and they do a similar thing but they're also going to stack you wad points and get all the benefits so that's something to look into if you want that role you know, I was just thinking that maybe, you know, you talked about the, the, the points stacking up and building up over time. That's the type of model it would, would buy you time. You know, being yes. able to get into something that's juicy, they can't retreat, so you've got to fight through it. Your bot boys, your shamans are zapping and killing things as you're building up points. Uh, and then by the time the Cronspine dies, if it dies, you are loaded up, you're, the rest of your army is ready to go, you've got your war points, and you can go in with a second wave. That um... Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, I, I haven't played with it. I've played in Cruel Boys, but I've, I haven't played with it. But like, I don't actually have it. But like, from my experience and how big war games go, um, you need to have more units on the table um, because you need to be getting charges off with units to stack points. You need to be in combat with multiple units to stack points. He doesn't stack any points for you. Even being in combat, his charges, they don't count. Um, and that's 400 points down and you already have to play War Channel. You already have to play Wargog. Um, and then you have your battle line. And so you're like working with very few points to do big law things. Um, but I'm not, I'm not saying he's bad though. Like I just personally wouldn't play him. Um, I'm just, I'm just style. wondering for someone 
one who's someone who's thinking like, oh, do I add a cron spine? Do I, okay, I, people are talking about purple sun and cron spine all the time. It's like, yeah. do I gut this? And I think when I look at both of your lists, yeah, like, do I drop the bolt boys to get it? Am I dropping gore grunters? Am I drop like what? Are, where am, yeah, where, are, my what, points where are you from? getting the points? Yeah, it's that's the hard thing. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's where I found myself with it at least. But I'd love to Final see someone two. succeed with it. <laughs> oh, as would I, uh, as would I. Uh, but then again, like it's underpointed, so yeah, I'm it's kind of a, goes, like, it's kind of bad for the game, honestly. Goes up in points. Um, yeah. But a couple of final questions I, I want, I do want to ask you because I think again, this is the type of thing that we could talk a lot because there's just so many strings when it comes to the different combinations and and things like that. But um, how do you find battle tactics with um, Big War? Do you have enough to be able to score your GHB ones? Um, I can't remember what the, if you've got. Do you get access to all the orc yeah, ones? You get some of them. Um, whatever your general is, you get access to actions. So, like, if your general's a, a crow boy, you get um, take that, you suckers, which is a really easy battle tactic. It's super easy. You do at least 10 wounds to the opponent this turn, take less than 10 wounds. Um, both boys do it on their own, honestly. But even without that, you you have some pretty hard-hitting punching units. You can just clear it off a screen. Boom. There we go. I would say that uh, one of the things that Big Wash shines at is battle tactics. Um, because you have that extra consistency of the bonuses to charges and running and all that stuff, you're much more reliable. And there's nothing worse than like, oh, got to kill this Galician veteran unit and left it with one wound. You're like, because he rolled like a little bit soft and it just didn't quite come through. And like, that rarely happens with Big Wop. Like they're so consistent. Um, a lot of twos and twos, a lot of bonuses. So you can, you can pretty reliably do a lot of stuff. And you have so many different units that you have more ability to like build a list to play battle tactics. But I will say when you build your big wall list, ask yourself, what am I, one of my first two battle tactics of most games? Um, like sit down and think about it because the new GHB is a little weird with some of them. And there's that one mission where no one controls objectives on turn one. And that one is like, what am I going to do? If you have a bunch of bolt boys, yeah, but yeah, it's 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 a tricky one. And I thought about it a lot before when I was making this list for Old Town because I knew it was going to be the round one map because um, they released the pack or you know, and they show us what the missions are going to be. And I was like, I have to be able to do something turn one. Um, so yeah, that's um, something to think about. But they are good at it; they're very good at it. It's easy for them to get some armies. What are your top your first two battle tactics you like to rotate? Um, a lot of time it will, like, take that, you suck, is, is real easy. Because, uh, like, I'll usually send, like, the, the boar boys to, like, clear a screen off. And I'm also shooting some bolts at them. And, like, if i doing 10 damage is real easy. And I'm not throwing into anything hard. I'm not trying to start hard fights. So not taking 10 back is pretty easy. At Old Town Throwdown, though, um, your book battle tactics did not count towards your tournament score. You could win games with them, but you didn't get points at the tournament for them. Because not everyone has them. And it was seem to be most fair if you could play them in the game but you can't win the tournament because of them so i really avoided them heavily i never had to actually use it um in in that tournament um but most of the time you're going to do like the um against all odds the the against no odds um or you're going to be like sending in something to kill a galician veteran um unit uh it is pretty easy yeah yeah it's pretty easy to get um tunis in their zone uh, it's a little risky, but like teleporting a five-man art by unit and double moving Gorgrunters, and there we go. 
you got the two units in their zone. So like um, the flexibility of the list really, you have to look at the map each time. It's power is flexibility. So you have to be able to think on the fly of which one you're going to do, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, against the odds is great. Butcher enemy lines is great. Gaining momentum is great. There's a couple of them that you'll find you'll rotate. Like, you're right. Like, I actually played um, that last year, yesterday, and you can't score an objective, which means I couldn't do a whole bunch of things. So, um, you know, do you burn something? And I guess who your general is and can you do um, the, yeah. this one's mine? And um, I guess it's that the type of combination. Um, actually, this, is really, this one's mine is actually really important to bring up. One of the reasons I no longer run the weird knob as a general is because I basically was incapable of getting that battle tactic. That's one of the reasons I switched to the Vulture boss being the general. Is I was like, I need a unit that can go and get a reliable kill on some small unit is my general whenever I need it to happen. Like it's like, all right, go over there, you kill that three man chaff unit and get me a battle tactic. Um when I didn't have anything else I could score that turn, you know. So it's like I said, it's something to think about, like really design your list with those sort of things in mind. Uh, by the way, Zach, thank you so much for the donation. Much appreciated. And um, Zach actually was at Old Town Throwdown with you, who calls you out, super yeah. cool guy. Uh, congrats on the win. And um, hopefully I see you as well at LVO, which... Um, I'm sure Zach's going. I pretty much guarantee it. If he doesn't show up, uh, I'll be so surprised. <laughs> Thomas asking in the chat, um, when we were talking about the croc earlier, what was that reference to, if you didn't know that lingo? Uh, it's a snatcher boss. Um, the... The cruel boys guy who's on the big like lizard thing. People call it the croc or the gecko or whatever. It's it's a big lizard monster. So that's usually what we're referring to. Two more questions. First one, you and I are gonna be at LVO, so I'll see you in January. But yeah, if we if if we do meet on the tabletop, how do I beat you? How, okay, how do, do you... I win? Because I because I guess the reverse of this is as if I'm listening to this as a uh, big war player, is how do I not throw the game? Like, how do I not lose? So, yeah, reverse psychology here. So, how do you beat Bigwa? Uh, number one, um, kill the war chanters and the general. If you can do that, if you can shoot off those units, like you stop getting wall points, like basically, and you lose so much damage, and like you just become very like pillow fisted at that point. Um, and it really, really, really hurts, um, to lose those. Um, the other thing you can do is, um, if you're very like able to alpha strike really hard and you see an option starting the fight intensely early is a good way to do it what i which you should never do against big wa is send in piecemeal if you send in one unit at a time across the whole game you're gonna lose like they're just gonna you're doing exactly what they want um because they're just gonna go up in points and not get put under any pressure and then they're gonna hit you back really really hard um, and you're just going to get wiped up. So don't do that. Um, that's pretty much goes for all armies. Like uh, some things that are good against them is um, powerful shooting. Light shooting is, doesn't accomplish much. Like, you know, plucking shooting, um, little chip damage is not very valuable against Big Wall because the chip damage you're putting on, they're ramping up in power outweighs the chip damage. So it doesn't really accomplish much, but... Um, Really heavy-handed shooting can be very tough. Um, it's I can't think of a good example right now. Other than bow snakes, there was like the six long strikes. Like that was really so. So for example, like my judicators are crossbows, so they do each hit is a is two hits. So for example, when I went into that mega boss on foot, 
I did something like 30, 30 odd attacks from 10 models. So yeah. just being able to delete that mega boss before it got into combat um, was very, was very, very, very easy. Um, but I think, I think the question then that kind of gets reason is that you talked about protecting your heroes, protecting things like your bot boys, your war god prophet. Yes, you can get like the glowing tattoos for the six up ward or the four up ward for that artifact. But how do you protect yourself from losing um, those key pieces? You have to deploy smartly. You have to use terrain very well. Um, if you don't use your terrain, uh, you're not going to have a good time as big wall a lot of time because um, you have to be thinking in terms of that. You have to be blocking line of sight. You have to be careful. Yeah, six bow hunters. Yeah, like, yep. like six bow hunters, another great example. You know, Pretty anything rough. that has like good, good shooting, high damage high range i think that's probably one struggle is if you got short range it's not going to be enough to be able to get that war god prophet or the bolt boys yeah you're, so you're not gonna move the it, important units and then you're gonna get hit and you're just gonna get yeah so yeah. the long range powerful shooting um yeah so like really you have to think a lot about terrain um being defender is very good as what as big Watt when you're rolling off like if you have the option pick defender set up the terrain in such a way where you have places to hide um where you have places to control space because you need to control that space. You need to use buildings to like block people's ability to come in and do screens. Um, that's how you kind of counterplay that. Um, but it's going to take a lot of thinking. You're going to have to think ahead and be like, what is my opponent going to do? And how do I stop him from doing that? And it's going to be a game by game basis, but deployment is where that happens. Um, and Ramon was on your show talking about deployment. Yeah. He knows. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to call that. And if anyone yeah. wants to talk, anyone wants to hear uh, a great show talking about deployment and how to think about deployment, uh, Ramon did an awesome show with me not long ago. Uh, it'll be on the channel um, where we broke that down quite heavily and how we think about battle plans and opponents and drops and all the things that kind of come into play. And I think that's probably one thing that I, I think about, especially with like when I look at your t your two lists, it's full of idiots. There's nothing too expensive. It's just chaff, chaff, chaff. And when you got odd boys and brutes and just waves of idiots, you can screen me. So there's two layers and three layers. So you've got, yeah, I might hit your odd boys in combat, but then in your turn, you're going to hit me with brutes. Uh, yeah. Hit me with um, uh, piggies or like you're never screening with the good stuff. And um, it's that counter punch. Yeah. Then I'm in range for the good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's it's little things that'll get you a huge point there, but yeah, um, and and Ramon saying also sticking through to winning the game. I had a game with you uh, and against you. <laughs> yeah, we, we played Old Time Throwdown. I will also preface this: so my nickname on on our team shirt is Scoops because I used to scoop the game all the time when I thought I was losing because it came from playing super competitive Magic. And in Magic, when you fall behind, you lose. And I wasn't in a Warhammer mentality, and I didn't realize you could just come back like like that and then so it became a nickname and, it, and now i haven't scooped since i got that well that's not true one time i did but there was i was busy table but like it's so it's kind of a meme uh, of me just conceding games turn one like <laughs> it ha and, and, and that's sort of like it's a really good lesson as well right because there's times that things don't go your way and you you think right the game's over turn one turn two i lost a key piece or something that i needed to go right didn't go right and then there's a momentum shift. You get a, a double at the right time. You know, you deny someone that battle tactic, yeah, yeah, for whatever it is. And a game that you're winning can lose, and a game you're losing can be won. And it's probably one of the things I most enjoy of Age of Sigmar is the momentum will swing um, throughout the game as opposed to 
someone just gets a massive lead and you can basically call it in in turn two obviously yeah. there's examples where that happens also, but also big wise is particularly good at coming back because you do get so strong that things that otherwise wouldn't be threatening late game become very threatening and you can like take back games and you know i've learned through playing it a lot that like don't give up like you have like 10 hard boys on the table and they have like four units and you just end up tabling them you're like oh okay that happened um so yeah never never surrender <laughs> fight it out and just have a good time with it before i ask you my final question is there anything that's that you'd want to add to the big wild discussion obviously we've almost had two hours so um very insightful you've you've added a lot of value and i can't wait to see how your list kind of evolves um as again the meta continues to shift and just having a great resource of models between iron jaws cruel boys and bone splitters just means that you can just continually tap into um different parts of the book and if nighthorn and scarlet doom keeps running riot cool you can have some tools to be able to hopefully take down the cruel gas and maybe you know improve more bolt boys or whatever it might be but then if we go into a more melee heavy or a magic heavy then yeah you got the tools to flex yeah, you've got the tools to flex. Um, some stuff to think about is you have a really wide range of artifacts that do weird things. The Cruel Boys artifacts in particular can really help you uh, adjust for metas. So when things change, look, look at that stuff. Um, a lot of units that are not good in their own armies become a lot better in Big Wah. Um, Nash tubes are pretty scary. Uh, Kill bows, pretty scary. Uh, some of the Savage Orc units are actually... Like, Maniacs can really do a lot more than you would think um, in Big Wa. So, like, really take a moment to, like, think, like, what do I need to beat these top armies? Like, like what beats them? Um, removing ward saves beats a lot. does look really good in the meta right now. Um, there's a lot of ward saves. So, you know, MSU is really good. So you look at use what's good at MSU, what removes ward saves, stuff like that. Um, and you really got to think about, like, what problem am I trying to solve? It's, there's no one list and even more so than other factions. There's no, there's never just one list, but Big Wild, there's especially not one list. It's understanding what you're trying to do and building from the ground up trying to do that. Um, so think of it like that and when you're when you're making build Big Wild lists. You you reminded me about Tom Wild. This is not my last comment, just by the way. I, I will ask it in a second. But you mentioned Tom, and I, I mentioned Tom because I've been watching some of his games when he's been on stream, and he seems to love the bone splitters with the um, the big stabbers. The stabbers, um, yeah. But you have no big stabbers. I is this do a, not is is this a reverse psychology where things that are good in bone splitters are not good in your side? like, Or you just don't have the models for big Actually, stabbers? um yes very specifically if you know so the big this big stabbers list um it's not a damage list it is i move before the game begins these are big ass bases they die and they do mortal wounds you're just like, controlling space a lot and you don't have access to that pre-game move um so a lot of stabbers isn't good but one or two units of stabbers can fight pretty disproportionately hard uh in big wa um and they're a cool little tool to like engage with uh, medium-sized monsters like which are kind of showing up seeing as many like huge monsters but you're seeing you're still seeing like a lot of the medium things um and they're really good there so like that's a, that's a perfect example of what we're talking about where like you've got to look at what does this do for an army and try it slot it in put that tool in there. and it could be kind of inefficient but if it's the tool you need 
it does what you need to do, then you can win games at that. Final question. You're talking about tools. What is the new tool? If you could add one war scroll into this army, there's one thing that that is missing or that you think it needs. What would it be? What's the... Um, Honestly, what it needs is like a a not super overpriced 10-man battle line unit. Like something that covers more space. Because these five-man Ardboy units are really cheap, but they do not cover a lot of space. Gut Rippers are crazy overpriced, like at least 20 points overpriced. Um, and they die like nothing. And especially now, especially with Bounty Hunters, they just explode. Um, and you can't really... All, all your battle line options are either super damage-oriented or inefficient or small um, space. You don't take up a lot of space. So... There's not really a good option for like a, a a good chaff battle line unit, and I would love if there was like if Hobgrots could be used as battle line, that'd be so nice. But uh, they can't, so you're like you don't really have your screens are awkward, and uh, it's you have to be very careful with them. And I wish there was something that could fill that slot. Do you not get that rule? I know they made the the recent change that for every unit of gut rivers. Yeah. You can have a unit as battle line goblins, but that's only in cruel boys. Uh, I don't know if it's only in cruel boys, but you, then you have to run gut rippers, and they're 180 points, and they die to a stiff breeze, and you're like, mm. yeah. So uh, it's it doesn't solve the problem because then you're spending like you're spending 240, you're trying 260 points to get hobgrats, and you're like, yeah. that doesn't work very well. So that, that's what I wish I had, honestly. Other than that, I think because you are such a wide range of models, you have most other things you could want that are realistic to expect. Like no one's going to expect you to have more change or something like that. You know, <laughs> that would be ridiculous. I'll, I'll be the fan favorite and I'll say the thing that you lost the priest keyword. Uh, I remember, I, I know, I know I've triggered some people. I'm new to some people, but um, you used to have, was it the war, not, was it the war god prophet that one of your, one of your so, heroes used to have the priest keyword. And then when the battle tome came out, it lost the keyword and we all cried because it was you the war dancer. Curse, yeah. You with curse. Um, it's just complimentary. It's just, Oh man, that'd be so gross. Like, yeah, I would definitely play priests if I had access to priests and also just giving people six up board saves and stuff like that. Like, it's it'd be a great tool i wish destruction had priests i don't know why they don't they seem like the most like wire shaman type things not priests but well we got king broad the mega gargant coming hopefully that's got a key priest keyword fingers um, crossed on that i hope so that'd be cool fingers crossed. aaron <laughs> this has been awesome we could keep talking for a long time uh and thank you for everyone who who listened to this live i know we had a bit of a technical issue i apologize from australian crappy internet but if you want to learn more, Aaron, I know you're on my Discord, but more importantly, you've got a very active um, Twitter as well. So Twitter handle is below. Any shout-outs? I, I assume something about East Coast. Is that what you, you're going to shout-out oh, East Coast? Oh, West Coast, Best Coast, first of all. Uh, Y'all can uh, you know, deal with it. Secondly, I do want to shout-out specifically the Old Town Throwdown series. First of all, we got sick-ass belts. Secondly, it's great fun. Um, we have all sorts of hilarious prizes that make it fun for everybody. Like we have the golden spoon where last place gets this huge spray painted golden spoon and it's everyone cheers. It's hilarious. Most mediocre award, like just goofy awards that make it fun for, even if you're losing, you have a great time, but also very, very good players go there. And we're having uh, old town teams in early December. So, uh, there's a whole people looking for group on our discord, you know, 
Um, we're very friendly. We're always trying to help people out and get in the game. So I would like to shout that out. Um, I already shout out Tubbs. Um, and Gareth Thomas, or I don't know his Tom, but I want to be clear which one it is. Uh, I want to shout him out just running amazing tournaments and doing so much for the community. Um, he is great. And yeah, he deserves that shout out. So, uh, yeah. That, also, the, Greg, <laughs> look at, Greg, Greg was first destruction. Then I was first destruction. Then he was first destruction. Then I was first destruction. And you ain't taking it back, dude. I got it. I'm the champ now. I felt to prove it. Like, <laughs> yeah. a, a big that's, reminder. That's my shout outs. It was the war go uh, war doc that used to have the priest keyword. So right, yeah, give it back. Give like... it back. Um, <laughs> Greg's saying you're a beautiful man. I'll take you down. Uh, and it sounds like <laughs> there's a whole bunch of old, uh, old town throwdowns coming up. I think. Look, I'll give you credit. Um, I, I look at the look. One, first off, I hear nothing but great things about old town throwdown. But two, um, it seems like it just keeps getting better and better as well. Um, I, yeah. I saw this year they had like the capes, like it was a Tour de France yeah. capes. And if you're in first place, was... you have to wear the cape. And if you get caught not wearing the cape, you lose points until you're no longer in first place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that, you know, wrestling is creeping into events. I love yeah. that. Um, the bar just keeps lifting. Like, you look at tournaments, and some people really set the standard. And you look over the fence, you're like, yeah, I'm going to borrow some of those ideas. Old yeah. Town Throwdown is definitely one of those. I'm pretty sure the first experience I had from Old Town Throwdown might have been um, Matt Newen sending me pictures of him in a spa um having some drinks with the crew and then just seeing some amazing <laughs> yeah. photos and cocktails and it's just grown over time so oh and people people cosplay like you know the news he wears his um his cow onesie and then we have a guy who wears a snake onesie and he plays marathi bow snakes and like there it's just it's but the thing is like these are all really good players so we're being goofy but we're also playing at a very high level and it's it's just a great environment so yeah well, I look forward to meeting a lot of you um, on the East Coast, or oh, East Coast, the West Coast. Whoa. West Coast yeah. I was tro I was trolling yeah. you. To you? I, was tro I was trolling you, but then I re then I actually almost ingrained it in my head. Like, no, you're no, you're treading dangerous the waters there. <laughs> nah, Nova's on the East Coast right now. West Coast yeah. is best co best coast. But um, look, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Aaron, you're an absolute legend. Thank you so much for sharing some wonderful insights about the. Um, not only Old Town Throwdown, but more importantly, Big Wah. I think it's definitely that. It reminds me a lot of Cities. You, you, we, we touched on this a little bit. And when Cities very first dropped, there was not a lot of top performing Cities lists. And over time, as people practiced and learned and found the synergies, and then it kind of really, you know, it's supercharged. Like, I don't think it, was, it took months. It took almost months. half a year to, for Cities to actually gain some momentum. Bone Splitters, Iron Jaws, Cruel Boys are the easy ones. I think now we're seeing more and more and more big war. And if you are getting bored of your Cruel Boys, your Iron Jaws, or your Bone Splitters, you want to expand your faction a little bit. If you want to start bringing in some different tools to handle the meta, um, big war is a great place to be to be looking into. And uh, I think you've shared a lot of great insights. So thank you. Thank you for interviewing me. I love what you do for the community. So. All right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Your technology was failing right at the end. All right, I'll wrap this up. Thank you very much. Oh. Thanks for joining the live stream. You you know what to do, people. Comment, like, hashtag best best big wah video this week. Um, thank you all, and I'll chat to you all yeah. soon. If you see me LVO, say what's all then.
I'll do that one. All right, see you folks. <laughs> Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would love it if you pressed like on the video as well as left me a comment to let me know what your thoughts are. The conversation will continue over on Discord and the link is down below in the video description. I want to give a massive shout out as well to the AOS Coach Patreons and YouTube members who are going in and the funds are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you're all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a one on a redeploy.